Hello, everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. We got some dancing uh, at the end there. Mr. Kyle Bossman. Hello. He's dancing in his heart. Right next to him, Brandon Jones. Hi. And I'm going to be hosting you through this. I'm Ben Moore. Today, it's the it's the Pokemon episode with the Pokemon people. Yeah, the Pokemon people. The Pokemon people. I'm a Pokemon person? You are a Pokemon person. I did it. Yeah. Wait, let me call my mom really quick. <laughs> All right, thanks for watching. I did it, Bob. We just, we're just here to validate Jones. Uh, Brandon, it's going to be hard, I think, for a while to do any episode of Frame Trap and like not ask you about Milo in the opening. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like, I just need to know. Like, what, what's it like? You know, it's funny. I actually had a moment today that I was like, that was a fun moment. And I'm like, let me hold that in reserve in case Ben mm-hmm. asks for a fun Milo moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I think I've mentioned this before to you. I don't know if I mentioned it on an actual show, but uh, tummy time is an important thing because that's like the next step for him to learning to crawl. So he learns like his hands, like, oh, I, I pushed myself up with the hands. That's how I keep myself up. And specifically his head, because babies are just all, their heads are bouncing all over the place. So it helps him like get his head strength. But he's not going to do it on his own. You got to physically flip him over, put his hands at, you know, 90 degrees and be like, just, yeah, deal with that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he'll just like plop his head down or fuss. And uh, I flipped him over, and I was like, I'm like, here, hold on, put it in your tummy. And I knew he tends to drool a little bit, so I'm like, let me go get a burp cloth so I can clean that up. And Amanda was in the office, and I got up to leave. And I told Amanda, I was like, tummy time's also good because he'll burp. And right when I said that, he, <laughs> we were like, yep, good job, buddy. That's my Milo moment of the day. <laughs> so forgive me because I know it's not exactly the same, but I'm trying to relate as best I can. So, like, Abby and I spend – like probably too much time talking about the cats. And oh it's sure, just like little things where it's like, oh, do you see he's being dumb? I'm all about the pet analogies. Bring okay. them on. Yeah. Okay, all right. So it's a lot like that where we just like that's that's where we're at in our lives where we just like <laughs> sit at home and watch the cats be themselves and talk about it. Is it kind of like that with a kid? Oh where it's sure. Like, oh hey, he's being cute or whatever. Oh sure. I mean that's when we 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 talk about uh, Sophia Norbert as our kids, like mm. before we had Milo. Yeah. Um, I think it's obviously it's 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 much more of a challenge because they are much more self-sufficient than a five month old. But uh, I think in terms of how they fit into your life, how you kind of personify a lot of things that they do intentionally or unintentionally, the narratives that you build, because right. like I've yet to have a real conversation with this kid. But uh, uh, it's kind of fun to uh, yeah to, to put words in his mouth and, and kind of imagine what he's thinking, just like uh, you would a cat or a dog. It uh, it's interesting because I think the last time you were on Frame Trap, I could definitely tell like, oh man, poor Brandon, you know, he's running on low sleep. Yeah, like he's he is powering through. You seem a lot more yeah. energized. Yeah. So maybe things have gotten more into a normal. Yep. A normal rhythm. The, the sleep stretches are getting longer. He's also switching to formula now mm-hmm. instead of just the breast milk, and that's great because. We equate it to like a cheeseburger instead yeah. of like a steak. You know, it's just like a little, you know, a little tastier, but a little more, well, maybe not necessarily steak, like a cheeseburger versus a salad. And uh, it's not as good for him, but boy, that knocks him out. You give that boy <laughs> that and he's boom, four hours, good night. You figured and out so the tricks. It's, it's, so it's nice to, yeah. But you, we've all been there. You, right. know, you, you eat four slices of pizza and you're like, I could take a nap. Sure. Oh, yeah. I feel like I could take a nap at any time. So, uh, Kyle. Yeah. Haven't forgotten about you down there. Okay, I wanna I wanna talk to you about uh, finishing up the second season of Box Peak. Oh sure. How does that feel? Uh, 
I'm not ready to say it's finished yet, so I'm not feeling that yet. Okay, but I mean, it's 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 you know out in the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so right, uh, this tomorrow will be no, I guess Friday. Friday yeah. will be episode eight, and so there's only two more left after that, and then yeah, this project that I've been working on for two and a half years will be completed. Okay. Uh, is it is it a different feeling, kind of being like mid season versus the first episode of the season? Like, are, are you more comfortable now when an episode goes live or what is that like it's interesting ben it's the one the one episode i was like most excited for people to see was episode seven okay more so than episode six me too (laughs) and so it was was a little bit more of like uh i guess i can just say to anyone who hasn't seen box peak it's not the show that it it just appears to be on its face value Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it is a show about people who compete with like peeking out of boxes uh, but it's it's about that game, the show. Right. It's about this world in which this game could exist. Uh, and so uh, there's a couple of episodes, six and seven, the first two of the season, where it's like, oh, whoa, this is a weird show. And uh, I was really looking forward to seeing the reactions to that. It's been hard to keep that part a secret. Like six and seven are weird episodes. Uh, but uh, it's been fun to... Uh, it's been so fun to see people appreciate that. It's mm. it's not a well-viewed show. Mm. You know what I mean? It, it, the views aren't great on Box Peak. But the way I think about it is that the appreciation I get, I think any creator would be so lucky to receive. And it's just so nice to make a thing and have people like that thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's crazy. It's it's really, really nice feeling. Because uh, you're really putting yourself out there. You, you know what I mean? It's It's not... As easy as like a here's a photo of me at a park. It's like I put a lot into this. This was a sacrifice. This was me writing. Uh, if you don't like this, it reflects poorly on myself. And here it is. And so yeah, it feels nice. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, is there is there another side to that though, where like you know there's this element of the show that you were kind of waiting to reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I guess like maybe in the process of waiting, was it frustrating like? having people not get it or not be there with you or or anything like that? Because, like, I, I have to imagine it's hard having an idea of something and then sharing it and see people get a different idea. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted... I wanted them to have the idea that they have, basically. Mm. And, and so really, the my biggest regret is that there's a year in between episodes uh, one through five and then six through ten. Uh, just having that year gap is a bummer. Yeah. Uh, because you want to establish a flow. You want to have momentum. And then I lost it entirely over the course of 12 months. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's the, you know, the, the one unfortunate part of it. But, hey, there's just uh, realistic... Uh, things that I had to deal with in terms of getting it produced. Uh, so hey, I, I guess in that sense, Ben, it just it does feel really good to just get these rolling out, man. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, something that I think about sometimes is like what a lot of the stuff that we produce is is based on when things happen uh, within the game industry, like when games come out, and just like writing reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, like. Sometimes my favorite reviews are, like, the ones that don't get a lot of views. Yeah. You know, and it's just, like, sometimes people will only watch certain reviews. It's like, oh, no, wait, like, my favorite review is not the one that was getting a lot of attention, but it's you don't really have total control over that because you've got to constantly be covering things. And so you're just you're sort of at the the mercy of the release schedule, which is not, like, some terrible thing, but it's interesting Mm -hmm. kind of 
your own perception of things. I really like episode six and seven because they remind me of if you're a TV writer, you're you're writing a series of something. You have like a lot of characters, and the story, the focus of the story is going to shift, you know, around. And you know, if you're doing it right, hopefully in unexpected ways. But a lot of t- almost every time, you have to develop the world more than the viewer might realize, even when they're completely done with the entire series. Uh, it's like heartbreaking to listen to the director's commentary on Firefly because they point out a lot of things. They're like, oh, yeah, that's the thing we were going to do in season two in the background there. <laughs> that billboard. Like, cool. Oh, well. Right. And uh, like to me, that's episode six and seven where you just kind of like all of a sudden it just you take a sharp left and you feel like the whole story is kind of still going down the highway. But you're like, no, you took this off ramp. Mm-hmm. And where the wow. OK, there's this whole other world and all these characters and all this stuff that, you know, you had to think of. And that's how I imagine you know, I like to th- how I like to imagine that you got at those episode ideas and thinking, you know, like, okay, well, if this character exists, then where do they work? And if they work there, what does that building look like? And how does that all operate? And well, damn, I got an episode now. Yeah. And so it's fun to see those tangents and fun. To, I love six and seven were so much fun to watch live because it's great to see chat. Like, what? I actually went back specifically with seven and rewatched the the archive on Twitch a couple times. That's just fun. To, yeah, just that's to cool. for a, a particular moments, just to like some people just would write just dots. They're like. Ah. What? <laughs> like, what am I watching right now? Uh, Firefly is a fun comparison too, Jones. Because I was thinking about it. I was thinking about uh, the longevity of it. You know what I mean? I don't think, factually speaking, yeah. more more people will listen and watch this podcast than will ever watch an episode of Box Peak. Uh, you know what I mean? So like, they're listening to this conversation right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so like, I really think it's it's going to be like this little weird thing, but I don't think it'll be forgotten. And so I really do. It's it's like my own little Firefly. You know what I mean? Sure. It, it is like my own. Someday little, you'll direct the Avengers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like it, it is just that one of those little things. Like people will realize this is a good thing who who like it, and other people will never like it. And I'm like totally cool with that too. There's people like I'm not going to ask to watch Firefly. Mm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know. So it's just like it, it's it is what it is. It's a hundred percent what it is. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think there, I do have a surprising amount of excitement around it, um, despite everything. Uh, no, I'm really glad that you brought that up because, like, finding satisfaction, like, in a creative work, I think is extremely difficult when, like, metrics can be so soul-crushing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it sometimes, like, I, I enjoy being with you guys and doing reactions because it's fun but it's like when you look at those reactions it's like wow that got a million views and it's like <laughs> that's the thing i worked the least on like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like and then the things that you know you put your heart and soul into and you're like there late at night and being like no we have to change that no please brandon reread this like it's not quite right and you're like trying to get everything meticulously in place and then it's like oh yeah like 15k cool and it's like if you play that game, you'll lose. Oh like, yeah, you have to. You have to. I think just try to find some sort of inherent satisfaction with it. But uh, you mentioned putting your heart and soul into Box Peak, and the question, I guess, um, because I think I, I struggle with this sometimes. Um, how, like you know, you said it was nice to like get it out there and to see that response, and not on this podcast, but you mentioned it was nice like seeing people's live reactions too. How exciting that was. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel, like, for the future, I guess, for, like, like the next thing after Box Peak? Are you, like, energized? Are you, like, oh, I need a break? Are you somewhere in between? I, it's funny. I, I don't have the idea mm. yet. 
Uh, and I don't want to. I think I think after you work on a thing for two and a half years, you don't start on the next thing sure. immediately afterward. Uh, but you have ideas in that of what you like and what you didn't like. You know, there, there are cl- clear things that I hated about this process and clear things that I love about this process. One thing I, I love is live reactions. I mm-hmm. love seeing live chat during something I've made. Uh, and would want that forever. You know, I'd want I'd want to see that for anything I do for the next 50 years. You know, I, I, it, it's so valuable. It's, you know, YouTube comments is just one. You get one comment from YouTube and that's the one that you got. Right. Hey, the lights were off. And it's like, well, tell me about the podcast, though. <laughs> yeah. Hey, cool shirt. But what about anything else? You know, yeah, right. and so in live, it's just it's it, every you get multiple. You get these perspectives on everything that's happening in that moment. Um and then, yeah, I mean, you know, if a live audience is interesting, too, because obviously there's more energy there, but it's just uh, not clearly as much as communicated from your audience to you. Right. Uh, you get less from it in a way. Uh, what What do you think, and this is a hard question to answer, but what do you think will be sort of the, the biggest piece of knowledge that you'll take from working on this into the next uh, whatever I, the project is? I think it's the cold reality of, of scheduling and production. Mm. This was the thing I thought I would do in three or four months, and it ended up taking uh, like 30. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah I, it took like 10 times longer than I thought it would. Uh, and so definitely this uh, stronger expectation of how long it takes to make a thing. Um, but yeah, maybe uh, in a weird way, like more confidence in my own self in terms of getting a thing done. It is, it's the biggest thing that I've made. Uh, to be honest with you, it shouldn't have taken two years. It shouldn't, it's not a thing where it's like, I worked as hard as I could day by day, hour by hour, mm-hmm. working my bones. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't that thing. It I was... happen to know you were playing video games for most of that time. Exactly. And that's the thing. Is And so, like, it's it's weird in that uh, it's not that kind of project. And so it, it is, like, it's it's <laughs> it's a funny thing where I could have worked harder on this in, at the same time. And so uh, lessons to be learned, it's, it's – I don't think you can work super hard on something thing for that long and just that i guess mm. i think you need the video games in between but that i mean that's like the golden rule of production is it's always going to take longer than you think it's going to i remember yeah. resenting that so much when i was in film school because i also did a lot of theater at the time and so i had a lot of friends who were making movies and they were like oh you act right we want to be a lead in my thing for this weekend i'm like yeah sure and so we would go and like shoot something and they're like okay i'm gonna get you out of here by 8 p.m and i'm like it doesn't matter man i got the my night's yours i blocked it all out now nah, i'm gonna get you out of here and then like 9 30 it's like <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. It's like I told you, it doesn't matter. Stop, yeah. Stop yeah, yeah. It talking. Never, it never you know, does, though. Just it never, never it does. When you can finish it, like it's yeah. not. But you making these promises that I, you know you can't keep. I uh, stuff happens. I think what's frustrating about that, though, Brandon, is the the moments when you're like, okay, I've learned that it's going to take longer than I think it is, and then so you like in your mind give yourself a bigger buffer and then it takes longer than that buffer and then yep. you're just like this is a curse <laughs> you know it's a good exercise in uh um having patience during those those times mm. having a baby <laughs> yeah i i you know i imagine i imagine uh but speaking of spending a lot of time playing video games i have dumped a whole bunch of time into pokemon sword mm-hmm. as has Kyle Bossman yeah. uh, we've i think we're we're pretty much both at the same spot, uh, we we beat the game, did the post game story stuff, messed around a little bit with the battle tower, and you've been playing a little bit mm-hmm. of Pokemon Shield. Yeah, where are you at? Just getting started. Uh, don't have my first badge yet, but I'm on my route three. I'm on my way to uh, the, the spot with the to get my first badge. Okay, so 
been catching a ton of. I think I caught like twenty six Pokemon or something. I, I spent a lot of time that. It's while more than I game. caught the entire game. I, yeah. Really? Yeah. That Easily. Wild. No, this guy. When we stream Pokemon Silver, I'm like, oh look at that Pokemon. He's like, ah, move on. I'm like, yeah. but I want to. He's adorable. Okay. <laughs> that oh man, that is my that is my favorite part of Pokemon is is catching stuff. I it, I I just I love it, and I I take way too long doing. It. I'm, I think you and I probably play very similarly. Sure. then. but th- that's that what's sense. fun about Pokemon from my limited experience is that there are so many things, you know, uh, so many things to love about it. So many different ways to play it. Yeah. you know, so many different things to focus and obsess on. Yeah, it, it is. It has the flexibility for you to find your own fun. Um, boy, I have a lot of thoughts on Pokemon, and I I think it's one of those games where I've I have so many thoughts that I'm not exactly sure where to start. Mm-hmm. But Kyle, yeah. You told me that you've you you've got some hot takes, so maybe maybe a Kyle Bossman hot take can get the ball rolling. Okay, all right. Um, this is a bad video game. <laughs> it's a bad video game. Uh, I like it very much. I love this bad video game. Um, there's just a lot of good things going on with it, uh, but it is it contains ten percent of the ambition that I imagined a Pokemon game on a Nintendo console would have had. Kyle, this is so funny because like the, the, the basically the entire outline for my review is I'm having a great time, mm-hmm. but I wish this was better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that it's it's funny cuz I didn't I didn't know that that was your thought process cuz that is that is pretty much the exact thought it's that I It's it's what the games. game is. I think that's yeah. the story of the game to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and Kyle, I don't know if you agree with this, mm. but there are like hints of ambition, but they just don't really like commit to them or go there in a way that is that is as satisfying as I would hope. Sure. I mean, Jones, you went to the wild area, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a cool tower there. It's yes. dilapidated. Yes. It's, it's falling apart. Nothing to do in that tower. <laughs> there's like there's like a shiny thing you can pick up on the side. I can't walk in that tower. Nope. There's not a cool ghost type that's in the tip of the tower that's just waiting for me to come up. Yeah. And then like ask me a quiz about my ambition. Like none of that. <laughs> it's just a tower. That's the entire game. That tower is the entire it's game. It's the anti Breath of the Wild. Yes. <laughs> but I mean they like they like they clearly are influenced by Breath of the Wild music when you're in the wild area. <laughs> Like I feel like Bre- I feel like the wild area exists because of Breath of the Wild. I almost don't feel like it was part of the initial design because it feels so extra. Well, yeah, you you everything at least just in the beginning of the game, which makes sense because it's 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 a tutorial in a sense, but like uh, just a hallway and and not and like red and blue wasn't a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> like red and blue, like my town was like oh, I can go all over the place, and mm-hmm. there was like you know I go up to that first area and there's two areas I can go off to the left and right. And it's pretty much a straight line all the way to the wild area, and then mm-hmm. things like dramatically open up. Yeah. So it's just like I, I'm moving the camera around, not really recognizing. Oh wait, this is insane that I can actually do this. I, it's the you know I'm three and a half hours into the game, and now I go into the settings to invert the controls because it wasn't a thing up oh, until right. that point. Yeah. It was just, so it almost became a different video game. It was, I don't know why it was you weird. Have to okay, we don't have to get into. <laughs> um, okay, so I yeah I, I have a lot of complaints about the wild area. At the same time. I'm very much glad it's there, and what I'm especially grateful for, uh, especially in comparison to Sun and Moon, is it does things get moving at the beginning a little faster, and they do bring you to the wild area rather quickly in the game, and you can spend a lot of time there having fun, uh, 
just going and catching things and seeing what's up and doing the dens. And it, it, what's so frustrating about the wild area is you're kind of like, wait a minute, yes! Like, you have this initial rush of excitement where you're like, yes. this is what I wanted. And you just see this kind of sprawling landscape out in front of you. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like a Wizard of Oz kind of moment where, like, it's initially kind of like this this amazing, super impressive thing, but then you see the man behind the curtain. And I think, like, a good example of that is, like, going up and talking to any NPC and how just, like wooden and artificial they seem and then you kind of look at like where the pokemon are placed and it's not like this cool natural exciting crazy thing it's like no like these pokemon are here and then you go over and it starts hailing and these pokemon are here and it just there's like this rigidity to it that doesn't really capture like this live dynamic world i guess it doesn't feel wild yeah you know um and yeah. What What do you think, Kyle? So there's a. I don't. I, you know what? This is not a spoiler. There's a daycare center in the middle of the wild area. Not in the middle, but in off to the side. And but you see this building, right? And I'm I'm breath of the wilding, right? Like I'm out here. I'm like, where are the secrets? Here we go. Show me the secrets, baby. Tower's not a secret. That's okay. I'll find a secret. And so I see this house off in the distance, like a mansion. I'm like, oh, cool. It's probably like a haunted mansion. And you walk up. It's like this daycare center. Don't walk inside. We can do all the business right out here. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it was so annoying. It was such a bummer. Uh, yeah, two very essential NPCs who give you great items are just standing around all day long. They will do mining for you, but it's a fade to black, clink, clink sound effects, uh, fade back up, and it's like, oh, I did all the mining. They don't even have a cave. Where are you mining, man? What are you even doing? I was really disappointed, because uh, this is something that, that Sun and Moon did, it, like the, the fast traveling that you do, mm-hmm. they contextualize it as this Corviknight taxi. Yes. And you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to go ride on this thing. And it's just, you don't, you, you get nothing. Yeah. It just, it just cuts to a, a little transition and that's it. Like there's no sweet animation of you getting in this taxi mm-hmm. and going off, and this giant bird is lifting you up in the air. And like... You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you could make that a negative thing, right? Like, you would want to be able to skip that, you wouldn't want it to be too long, and yada, yada. But I think the point kind of stands that there are just so many moments where you're kind of like, oh, that's it? Like, and what sucks is there are really, there are part, they have it, they have the pieces. Like, you go to this gym later on, and it has the best aesthetic where it's like kind of this, punk rock like no dynamaxing allowed here gym and you're like i can't wait to explore this place it looks so cool and then it's basically a straight line (laughs) and you're just fighting gym leaders like you would at any other time and it's just i don't know i and the the it's hard for me to say that there, there's a total lack of ambition because there are, there are sparks of it. There are moments that I, I see it. Like there's a, a, a fairy gym city where it's just like glowing mushrooms and it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. It's it, it just sometimes feels like why, why couldn't you put more in here? I don't know. Like you, you, were, you said at the very beginning, Kyle, and I think this is true. This is not what you were hoping for from a console pokemon game right so if you could add something what would that be oh i'd probably rip stuff away ben so i'd, I'd probably like let's get back to a core right because i think what happened here 
is this is an evolution of Sun and Moon. It's a good evolution of Sun and Moon. If you compare it to what Sun and Moon is, it's an improvement. It's a good video game, right? And and so I think that... So at a core of this, this is insane, right? But like Pokemon is an RPG where you never fight. Your RPG characters fight for you. Mm -hmm. However, in this game, you are the only one who's ever showered with praise. Uh, everyone's like, oh, you're so good. In the meantime, my Pokemon are getting beat up. They're doing cool stuff. They're amazing. I'm the one out loud saying, oh, that was a good job. Oh, like, oh, good kill. Ooh, that was a close one. Nice dodge. Like, I'm complimenting my Pokemon verbally out loud as I play these games. Uh, it's insane that the game just treats you like a little like a little hero boy mm. or girl, uh, but, like, it's just, like, you are the specialist person in this world uh, because you're just, like, you tell them what to do, right? Mm -hmm. You know? And it's just, like, it's never clear... There's the huge problem story-wise, and why talk about story with a Pokemon game? But I, I, I oh, feel I'm like ready. I mean, because okay. I've, I, I've played enough of it to comment on this because it is one of my least, probably my least favorite thing. I think the most re clearly ridiculous thing about the game so far. But I'll, sure. I'll jump so Jones, you, you just started, right? Right. You get to pick your first Pokemon. This is a huge moment anytime. Yeah. And then it's just like there's a picnic that's happening. Again, fade to black, fade up. You had a great night with your Pokemon last night. Let's move on. You've bonded. Yeah. Right. You can't, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't just fade to black, you bonded, fade up. Like, what happened? Show us that. <laughs> you know what's actually really upsetting is that that initial moment where you go and you, you pick out your starter Pokemon. It's actually yeah. one of the best moments, I think, in the entire game because you have a cutscene where they're all interacting. Yes, and, and you get personalities. Yes, you get, yeah. you get personalities just by them moving around. And, and you're like, wait a minute. You pretty much don't get this for the rest of the game. Like oh, you don't true. get you, yeah. they don't they, they just in that one cutscene where they're interacting with each other, they yeah. seem so vibrant and lively. Yeah. And then you play the game and everything is just so stiff. Yeah. It's so stiff. Yeah. Well, it's just unbelievable. Like almost right away, I, I was like, oh, they're kind of changing up. Leon comes in and he's related to my rival. Okay, they're changing up the rival idea. They're I got to get, you know, uh, like permission from this guy to even join this. Like this is fascinating. And then, you know, uh, Hop's like, hey, so that building over there. And it's like, the what? Have I ever gone anywhere? <laughs> Did I just move here? Oh, he's talking about the Pokemon. Have you ever been to the Pokemon Center? It's the first building down the street. <laughs> it's like I've been to, yes. it's like there's my house and his house. Yeah. And those are like the only two buildings that I've established that I have walked to in my entire life. It's yeah. just like, okay, all right. You know, it's just hard. I mean, we joked about the Pokedex where I'm just like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Like, why am I? I understand filling out the Pokedex for like my own selfish needs. Mm -hmm. That like it's kind of a collector's thing. Like stamps are like when you take your kid to Disneyland, they got their autograph book. It's like, okay, I understand it in that sense, but it's just like, no, no, we really need you to figure this out. It's like, but you're the mass you're studying this. But I I'm the one that's getting the information, but then I catch it and the information's already there. And like, like the Pokedex is there now because it's always been there. They didn't think they did not think on day one of designing this game, what should the Pokedex be? Do we need a Pokedex? It's like, well, we, what will the Pokedex be like? The the way they communicated with each other is with the word Pokedex, with it, and everyone there already knew what the Pokedex is. Do you know what I mean? Kyle, yes, that's 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 it, one hundred percent. And I think there are there are so many different aspects of this game where whatever new idea they're introducing is limited by them sticking to the blueprint so hard. And I think, like, the wild area is a good example, where it's like, 
I would have rather you guys, I think, invested more into this concept and maybe presented the structure of the world differently to better accommodate this. But it's it's not. It's kind of this awkward wild area that's just like stuck in the center, and then routes, which yeah. are the same as they've always been. And it's you just you just pull back, and you're like, it doesn't need to be this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and hop, I think, is another good example because there are there are ele- there are character things that I like a lot. But Hop ends up being kind of worthless because he he is experiencing insecurity and doubt because his brother is the champion. And he's experiencing a rivalry with you, and he's tr- he's searching for validation. But, like, that just has no emotional resonance if you're a silent protagonist. Yeah. Like, if you're confiding in somebody and they're just being silent, that story's not going to work. I'm not going <laughs> to feel anything. And so, like... If that's the story that you want to tell, you have to break your own rules, I think. And it, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're willing to break their own rules enough. I get embarrassed when I play it because, for, you know, from my experience, I played Red and Blue and then Let's Go a little bit. I didn't finish Let's Go. Sun and Moon, which I reviewed. We kind of co-op that review. I, I ran that script by you several times. And, uh, and so this is, like, really my third actual, like, Pokemon game. And I'll notice something changing that fits more in line to what other role-playing games are doing you know forget just other games like other role-playing stories and i'll like get a little jolt of excitement like wow and then i'll realize wait that's like two generations ago (laughs) you know like i think one thing that i was like go pokemon go i like went went back through the route to go back to like my hometown to get something and there was a new npc that was like by the side of the road that said something that was in relation to what i just did and i was like that's pretty cool cool. yeah oh wait (laughs) like that's not that crazy. You it's know, not like, that crazy. You're right. That's yeah. something, you know, it's like if 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 they were actually catching up with role-playing games, like I would, you, one thing that I do miss, uh, I haven't seen a lot of the show, but you've told me a lot about, you know, a poignant episodes of the show and our, you know, Twitch community is, is commenting on some of their favorite moments. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of drama with the Pokemon. Like there's a lot of drama in like who he selects and why and what yes. their relationship is. And like if he hasn't seen a Pokemon in a while or if he decides to let a Pokemon go, it's just this huge ordeal. Everyone's like, oh, that Pikachu episode. And like, yeah. oh my goodness. And it's just like, no. Like you, you there's no doesn't matter who's in your party, doesn't matter. Like there's no you're you know, yeah, your starter will evolve, but like you don't have any sort of moment with them. Like you were saying, like having, you know, that night of you practicing together or maybe you would have been to something. Him. Yeah, man. And so it's it's these seem to be things that, like, when's, what's it going to take, folks? Like, what are, right. you know, like how, how, you know, do you feel you don't need to do it, or is it too difficult for that team to do it, or is like if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Like, I, I, I'm very curious, kind of like what the what those design boards look like, you know, at Game Freak and at the right. Pokemon Company in terms of like what needs to happen and and how much innovation. I wonder if they have like an innovation cap where they're like, oh, oh stop, <laughs> you know, dangerous innovation there. Yeah, it's it's hard because I, I think that is a good way of describing it, where there are additions in here, there are improvements in here that help, but in the context of all video games, they're not that crazy. Like, autosaving is nice, but that's, <laughs> that's not that crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was introduced in Let's Go, but it's I still think it is really, really nice to be able to travel the world and see Pokemon in the grass. And I yeah. think it's a good balance of being able to see them yep. and then also having like, hey, there might be a super rare Pokemon there. So it, it keeps that randomness alive through that element when you see the rustling grass and it's just 
having both of those things in tandem is really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Just, like, I'm I'm having a great time, but I don't. I, I think I'm having a great time because Pokemon is fundamentally good, not necessarily anything crazy that this game is doing. Yeah. It's like if you had a favorite band that released a really good album and tours a lot, but they, there's no other album, you know? Sure. So, like, you go to the concert and you're right. like, yeah, you know? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. there's just nothing, you know? It's sort of I like... I only want to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's sort of like, they're coming around yeah. again. We'll go see them. Yeah. We'll buy tickets. Hootie's in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know that song. Yeah. Um, you nailed it. I want to talk to you about uh, Dynamancing and Gigantamaxing. Oh, sure. Um, I think it's pretty disappointing. But there is something that, and again, like so many of these elements, I feel like I, I can say the exact same thing about. I actually really like seeing a Pokemon Gigantamax and not knowing which ones are going to do it. And so when you have that moment, it's like, whoa, I wasn't expecting it to have those things when it grew inside, uh, grew to that huge size. And it's, and it's kind of fun, and I think it kind of adds to the presence. It, it gives it a personality rather than just, like, Pokemon big, mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm just saying, purely from a visual perspective. But, like, it almost never happens. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, and I think they're strategically uninteresting. Sure. You know exactly when somebody is going to uh, Gigantamax. Mm. It's like, oh, you're down to your last guy. Start no, no, no. the music. Let's no, do but this. I mean like the the gigantamaxing where they they visually change. Oh, they have a new form. They have a new they have a new form, and it like it like that new the thing getting a new form almost never happens. Sure, that's yeah. what's disappointing. Yeah, and and what's funny is like I looked at the list. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch that you know never appeared in the playthrough, and so my only way to see those is to happen upon them in the wild sure. area. I just got to grind wild area and hope that I get one of those cool ones. Because you need the gigantamax gene, Jones. Not any Pokemon can Gigantamax. It needs to be one that has the Gigantamax gene born with it. But it, it would have made Dynamaxing more interesting if they, they changed. It'd be something cool to check out. You'd want to yeah. capture things just to see how they would they would change forms. And you're totally right that they the Dynamaxing always had like it doesn't matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. They always wait until it's the last Pokemon. Yeah. And so it like really doesn't change battles oh, very no, much it does at not. all. No. Because I just do the same, and then I kill them in one hit. <laughs> right, right. You grew for nothing. Um, but, Ben, the more that I realize in this endgame state uh, is that... So, I mean, like, there's two Pokemons. There's this Pokemon that's like, hey, collect eight badges, become champion. Mm -hmm. uh, never play online, never play with your friends. And then there's meta Pokemon. And I think the endgame is always for just meta people. Uh, a really strange thing they did with this game is... Uh, Jones, you might remember in old Pokemon games, you use a TM, it's gone forever. Yeah. And then TMs are re reusable now, and that's yeah. like every, something everybody loves. So now there are things that are called uh, technical records. And so TMs look like CDs, the records look like uh, albums, uh, like, uh, you know, just yeah. um, uh, wax. Uh, and so once you use it, it breaks, and then that thing's gone. So they basically made it a, a, a resource. The best moves in the games are a, 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 a finite resource that you can only get from grinding the wild area, from going around to those pillars of lights, doing the raid battles, hoping that you get the ones that you want and they give you the items that you want afterward. And so 
they've made this incredible end game that's about going to the battle tower, you know, grinding that. You don't get experience points from the battle tower. You only get battle points. It's crazy, Jones. The people in the battle tower technically don't exist because if they did, they would be champion. They all have godlike teams that are incredible. They have incredible movesets that nobody else in the game has anything close to it. Uh, and then the other option is to go in the wild area and keep biking around and hoping that you find the right red pillars of light. And so it's weird. It's, it's like this games as a service thing where obviously they're not going to keep updating it, but it will be different day-to-day, hour-to-hour-to-hour-hour. A reason to keep grinding the game is what they've absolutely added to this. Uh, and it's weird, man. It's a totally separate game. It's a totally separate uh, design philosophy that they don't ever talk about, I feel like. You know what I mean? They, they don't talk about EVs and IVs when they're talking about the spirit of Pokemon. They're not talking about the natures. And in this game, you can. You can change the natures. However, you need to do that at the Battle Tower. You need to get 50 BP to get this little candy that'll let you change the nature. Too late. I've already, I'm already champion. I don't need any of this. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, if you want to play with your friends, like, I'm good. I'm right. champ. Right. But I, I think, I think that's, that's the problem, right, is there, there's this argument that goes around where it's like, oh, it's, it's a kid's game. Yes. Like they, they, have to, they have to shove that stuff at the end and it's not even it's not even difficulty it's just like make it exciting like the the way that you you present it is is so rigid like in the post game I did a I did a raid today that was more interesting than any raid that I did as I was going through the story oh. and it it just like pushed back a little bit it was like oh hey we'll give this thing a shield and it's just like why why did it take this long to get here because as I was going through the story, the raids were just so boring. They were just like very basic Pokemon. I just feel like sometimes the way that it presents things, it, th- there's no sense of like real surprise. I think sometimes it's okay to throw something in there where you're like, oh, whoa, the wait, that was really strong. Like that caught me off guard. I actually think Sun and Moon. Uh, had something like this that it's like this is a this is a good idea like it, this isn't the best implementation of it but there would be trainers that you could find on the routes that would be harder than every other trainer. Oh, once you cleared all the other trainers, that was fun actually. Yeah, yeah I like yeah, those guys. That was a, that was a good idea, yeah. but like that really wasn't present in my time going through the story of of Sword and Shield. Wasn't that Let's Go that did that, or then Let's Go did that as well. Let's go has a thing where they're you they're like you're a champion of one particular Pokemon. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like I'm the Sandshrew Pokemon champion. But there there are trainers in. I'm pretty sure if memory mm. serves, there are trainers in Sword and Shield or not Sword and Shield, Sun and Moon that are that that are stronger. That are so like, like the, on a particular route, Jones. They'll yeah, be like, I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you talk to them. They're like, why don't you go fight everybody else before you come to me? And yes. then you go and then you do and you go to them and they yeah. are harder and it is more rewarding. Yes, because perfect. Like <laughs> one of the things that I would love is if, because this world is so bizarre, and it's fine if you keep the world being bizarre. Video mm-hmm. games are weird, you yeah. know? Like, there, there is, you know, it, it's tough to make a, you know, a serious narrative, you know, even for something like Last of Us that, that, that kind of is like, yeah, but you just go into that building, you know? Like, it's, it's kind of tough to have the rigid nature of, you know, trying to guide a player, but also trying to tell an interesting story at the same time and giving the player freedom. I would love a Pokemon game that it's kind of aware of itself. And they kind of do that sometimes in ways that you absolutely hate. Uh, there was one where I went to Poke Center, and some lady's like, "Hey, did you know those two guys at the shop sell different things? You wouldn't know it because they look alike." Oh yeah. And I was like, "They did. Whoa! Did you just 
wait a minute. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, that would be neat. It'd be yeah. neat if, like, you're talking about these older, po- the older poker trainers. You're like, why the hell aren't you champion? They're like, oh, I don't care about that. Literally, I don't care about badges. That's not why I get good at Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I think the whole badge system is dumb. And you're like, mm-hmm. really? You know, That'd like, be cool, yeah. there's different schools of thought, yeah. you know? And it just seems like everybody's taking the Pokemon Kool-Aid. And so it's like, it's exciting because Pokemon's exciting and it's fun to see things shaped like Pokeballs. But it like, it'd just be interesting if the world kind of commented more on itself, which yeah. is, I, I know too meta, but I think it's, you know, m- maybe for its own good. But I think that's a way that you can make a kid's game, but make it, all of my favorite kids entertainment exists on both levels. Like yeah. I can show it. And, and the kid won't be, like, scratching his head or looking at me and being like, I need that explained. They'll just be like, oh, that scene was great. And I kind of, like, wink at the other adult that I'm watching it with, like, that one line was great. That, like, they didn't pick up, but, you know, I was aware of. Yeah. Uh, so when I – yeah, the, when, the one thing I want to, uh, like, get back on is, you know, I'm talking about, like, the story. And you would say, like, no, it's a kid. Why make fun of the Pokemon story? And I think you nailed it there, Jones. But also, like, you got to worry about motivating your player big yeah. time. And the motivation for this game is – wouldn't it be so cool to have a crowd cheering for you? And that that first cutscene, the opening ceremony, right? Yeah. It's like three seconds long, and you just see your little character wander on in a field, like wave around and feel something. But like even that, even that, I think is a poor premise. Your character's ambition is just to be in front of a crowd and have people clap for them. It's like not even what a soccer player has, because a soccer player is about that team. It's about, oh, I'm going to go and play a sport and entertain these people. This thing is primarily your entire ambition for this game is just to be the best well, at this thing, and we presume have, that you want that. You don't have ambition. Hop does. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, Hop tells you how to feel. That's know? why he exists, right? It's <laughs> just to like, we character, we want you to say these things, but you can't, so here's this guy. Yeah. I think one of the big problems of Sword and Shield is there's there's like a number of like half premises yeah. that they just they kind of throw in there, but they don't they don't really lean in super well on anything because you've got Bead right mm-hmm. who could be potentially interesting, but like just as soon as they start developing something, they're like, oh yeah, but what about like the legend of this area? And then you get a little bit of that, and then it. switches and you get something else and it's just like none of it really comes together and what or like Marnie doesn't is like kind of focused on kind of not really and so everything just feels really half developed but there there are interesting things there like a character that I want to point out okay who I think is awesome and presented really well and I think there's a whole storyline there is the fairy gym leader Opal yeah and her storyline, like seeing the pink in people, seeing certain characters, and I think it's interesting that you know you're you're the character that gets showered with praise, but she doesn't necessarily see you know the best thing in you. She sees it in somebody else. Yeah, and just kind of this this atypical character who I think kind of goes against the traditional stuff, but you don't get that much of her. Like, again, it comes down to kind of this this rigidity of the structure where it's like, you go and do the gym, and then they're basically gone. Yeah. And that sucks. And it's... even just, like, the mechanics of that gym, what they do there could have been interesting, 
but it just ends up kind of falling flat because the questions that they ask are kind of dumb. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it, it uh, It's funny to hear that now because I'm still kind of in the honeymoon phase. Like I, was, yeah. I literally just had this cut scene right before you got here, Ben, and I was telling Kyle, like, oh, it's neat that they, they introduced me to all the trainers. Because in my previous Pokemon experience, you wouldn't find anything about that trainer until you actually got to the town. Oh, yeah. And maybe it's like one person outside would be like, eh, fire types. And like, oh, cool. You know, and like, or they'll maybe say something. And then literally from the moment I learned they exist to the moment I beat them, it's like maybe 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so having them all kind of walk in like the Justice League, I was like, oh, cool. Neat. Okay. It's like, this can be a while before I go back and, and fight that person. Or like, oh, neat. Marnie. Like, what an interesting setup between her and Team Yell. And like, yeah. oh, okay. And it's fun that you're like, that's the best part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all well, of their introductions. They, <laughs> you just, I, you just want, they, you just want to feel it more than you do. I guess I don't know how else to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy because I feel like I could spend another two hours just, just picking at, at all this stuff. But I even feel guilty right now because I'm still having a great time. Sure. Yeah. You know, like. The design of the towns is is pretty wonderful, I would say, by and large, just just from a visual perspective and how different they are. I really love a lot of the Galar Pokemon designs. Um, some of my favorites in a long time. Th- some of them are really good. Give, have, give me one that you love. So I've, I got a squad right now, Ben. It's three brand new Pokemon and three uh, Galar exclusive evolutions. Okay. And I just that's pretty that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's one called uh, Phalanx. That's just like five little goobers uh, who work together. And, um, they're, they're just like little armored Kirbys, basically, because they have little Kirby feet. Um, that's a fighting type. Yes. Yeah, it's just cool. And they work in unison, and that's how they attack. Uh, I was so excited to see this thing. Um, uh, <laughs> Impidimp is a Pokemon that kind of like was shown at E3 last year. Yes. Never really officially revealed for some reason. It didn't. He didn't get the press that everybody else did. I'm like, Impidimp is my guy. I know he's going <laughs> to evolve into something cool and nasty and gross. Uh, and so like, he, he, he evolves does. once and it's like, ooh, this is good. He gets like long hair, Jones. <laughs> he learns a move where it, it, I think it's called like false surrender and he leans over and he pretends to surrender but then attacks you with his gross hair. I'm like, this guy's great. I can't see what he evolves into next. And even then, Ben, even then when he evolved, it was like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And you, oh, yeah, baby. You know what else is really cool about those guys yeah. is when I when I encounter them, they're they're in this forest uh-huh. and they're, they're kind of presented like these these like forest creatures where you go and you'll like light up a mushroom and then they'll come and you'll get into a battle. And so yeah. they, they very much feel like a part of this place. Oh yes. That is, is cool. Yeah. Yes. Which is and very, rare very cool. and rare in the game. Yeah. Um, and you, you mentioned phalanx when I found out that thing was a fighting time, I was like, what? Yeah. That's not what I would have guessed. And I, I love that. I love being surprised like that for sure. And yeah, they, they pr- actually present phalanx in a cool way as well, because you're kind of going through this, uh, Kind of like deserty, rocky area, and he, there are like these holes, and it's it's traveling through these tunnels, and you see it just kind of slithering around. Yeah, that stuff is cool. Yeah, and that's like I, I think sometimes I try to stop myself when because we are, uh, you know, you're just a, a host slash writer producer, but you and I are seasoned video game reviewers. True, true. We have editorial integrity, Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like when when we cr- we criticize games, when we're writing a script <laughs> or we're talking on a podcast, I try not to get into like put like super game dev hat mode. 
where it's like, you know what they should have done? They should have done this with the story. They should have added this mode. And then you start talking more about things that are like not in the game at all or just come some kind of fun idea that you had instead of actually trying to work with what is available. Right. But there's something about Pokemon that just does that to my brain. Like there's just something about when I first played Red and Blue, it broke my heart again and again because something would happen and I'd be like, boxes? Box? Why, why are there multiple boxes? That, I mean, I bet they, yeah. did, they did away with that, right, Kyle? <laughs> yeah. They're like, no. <laughs> like, what? And there were so many things where I was like, oh, this is a neat system. Yeah. I mean, there's been six, seven games or, or duos of games since this, or trios. Uh, I bet this has evolved into something like similar to this at this point. And you're like, no. They, yeah. never, they never just did that. And I feel bad. It, feel, it feels odd to like have all these ideas or like you're saying, like to see a, a, a gym or to see a town or see a character that feels underdeveloped. Right. And like maybe, uh, you know, maybe this is just what they feel they want to do for every single game. But it's just there's something about the grand adventure that they build up. Hop will not shut up about how humongous this adventure is going to be. Right. Um, you know, at least just in the first three or four hours that I've played. And so it just, I can't help but walk into a wild area and imagine the possibilities. I can't help but see these gym leaders and be like, here we go. But then you, after the fact, you look back and think, oh, okay. I'm sorry, I just thought there were going to be more, but I guess maybe that was, I'm a victim of my own expectations. Well, it's it's because there's there's so much good in there. I mean, yeah, you just see Wooloo rolling around and <laughs> sure. you're like, you have something beautiful here. And I, th- I think that's where I'm coming from is is I, I do. I feel this kind of this intensity of this criticism, but the intensity of the criticism is is absolutely coming from a place of respect. Like, I, I think I think Game Freak really is capable of enchanting people. And clearly they have done that to millions of people for years. I, I think they just kind of. The, the way that they making hundreds of creatures and having people get attached to them the way that they do like that is incredible like th- there are a lot of people that have tried to make creatures to try to replicate what they have done and and a lot of people haven't been able to do it nearly as well and so i i think i think there is so much talent there and that is where this criticism is coming from is like i know i know you've got it in you like i know that that amazing incredible game is there and I just want it so badly because I can't wait to just dump hours into it I guess I don't know uh do you think that incredible game is possible Kyle no I've given up on that okay I'm 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 content to play this game a bunch more times and just embrace it for what it is okay I I can't I can't I'm only defeating myself if I start this game and be like, okay this is the adventure I've been waiting for here we go and it's like well the next one will be the adventure I'm waiting for it's gonna be, it's gonna be up to us. I, th- I think one reason also why this game hurts, uh, and I, again, I'm not speaking from experience because I have very little limited exposure to this franchise. But I think why it just burns so much now is because of Breath of the Wild, is because of you know Mario Odyssey, because of uh, Mario, yes, mm-hmm. Mario Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, both yeah. Odysseys, but even even Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like these, there's so many franchises this gen, even something like Judgment, you know, like mm-hmm. how exciting and fresh that feels, right? Um, uh, as someone who has you know has very limited experience with with Yakuza, Persona Five, man, like there's just so many so many franchises that are not only doing well, Devil May Cry Five, but are right. killing it on a level level, you know previously just dreamed of or even not, not even imagined. Yeah. And so it's hard to swallow this pill a little bit. It's for for 
literally the largest money making franchise in the history of the world. Yeah, you know, I, it's, it's oh, yeah. okay, all right. You know, you kind of it, it's tough to you know kind of have to like knock your yourself down a peg or two. Yeah, to just you know uh, set your set your emotions where they should be. To say the conversation is the same would not be correct because it's not exactly the same, and I, I think there are there are arguments against this, but just. This is this is not my first rodeo with with video games and cynicism and people thinking it's always going to be this way, and it just I think there are so many examples. I, I think Zelda is a great example. For years, for years and years and years, you had people banging the drum of Zelda is always the same. It's never going to change. It's always going to be this way. It's too stuck in its ways. Breath of the Wild. There you go. You had it. Right now, right this second. Huber is sitting on his couch, cross-legged with a glass of wine, playing Shenmue 3 and having a great time. There was there were years where people said that that was never going to happen. Mm. And so, I don't know. It th- This is just probably being, like, too... Maybe this is too, too like, optimistic, I guess, but I... I think they can. I think that game is there. I really do. And it may be another 10 years before it happens. Yeah. But I don't know. Because another game that we have to talk about, and I don't want to move on if you're not ready. I'm ready. Okay. Is Star Wars Fallen Order. Yeah. It's been a long time since a good Star Wars game. And I think this is... so. I've been preoccupied with Pokemon, so I'm not nearly as far in Star Wars Fallen Order. I'm the opposite with Star Wars. We're in opposite positions. Yeah. So did you finish it? Oh yeah. Oh okay. Oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, I'm, there's there's ba- there's stuff to do. There's there's uh, I got homework, but I was not expecting to enjoy this game as much as I am. Neither was I. E- even with what I had heard, even with you know VOing and editing Brad's review, I was like, okay, and floored, man. They. Wow. Oh boy. Oh boy. Just. Mm. Mm. Talking about wine, so, mm. yeah, mm. so good on so many levels. This- as a Star Wars fan, as a um, someone who is frustrated by the prequels, <laughs> you know, as someone, it speaks to a lot of different opinions that one might have about Star Wars and Star Wars video games, and is it, like it's constantly like we know, we we get it. Yes, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, cool. That's the thing, Brandon. I f- and. <laughs> You are obviously even more invested in Star Wars than I am. But a frustration that I have with Star Wars sometimes is there's om- there's o- there's almost like this fear of like this is cool, right? And they like shove something recognizable in your face where it's like, "No, we get it. Don't we get it, guys? We get mm-hmm. it." There's kind of this confidence with Fallen Order that I really love where it 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 doesn't fall into that trap so easily. It's like, "No, we're in that world." But these are our characters, this is our story, this is our gameplay. Like, everything just kind of comes together in a way where it's like, oh, I see a clear vision for this. Like, that you you have faith in what you're trying to do in every aspect of this game. I don't know. Um, But... What I what I love is like Brandon Jones. You were for a long time the the kind of like holdout on on Dark Souls amongst the GT crew, and so much of this game comes from that template. How how do you think it has worked in the Star Wars world? Um, I think one oh, one thing that I really like that I think uh, d- d- Souls games don't even have a map, do they? 
No. no <laughs> uh, I'm curious if w- w- would you think a Souls game would benefit from the map system that they have in Fallen Order, or do you think that only just kind of fits this game? Because no. it's so nice to just bring up a map and be like, do I have to do? Oh, I got to do a thing. And in like right. in Bloodborne, it's like just go back and run and look around a lot, and maybe <laughs> you'll see that door. And, oh, okay. Well, it's, it's, and the yeah. benefit of that is when you find that door. Oh, it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. But it's just for me, it's it was just so gratifying seeing these things just clearly colorly, you know, color labeled, especially when I would get a new ability and I'd be like, wasn't there a thing on Kashyyyk? There was. Okay, yeah. yeah well, we'll go back and do oh, that. So it's a little Metroidy. It is uh, very yes, Metroid. Very Prime. Metroid. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Right, and that's so that's sort of the thing where no, because that is that is clearly what they're going for. They they know that at some point, like, okay, we're gonna give you a force push, and so we can put this stuff in there. Whereas like mm-hmm. the Souls game. They don't know how you're going to build your character. They don't yeah. know what weapons you're going to go Good use, point. and so uh, it is. It is designed in different ways. Yeah, I think. I think one of the biggest uh, from somebody who's played Dark Souls and not finished it, uh, but uh, played Bloodborne two and a half times and just absolutely, you know, devoured it. Um, the bosses are clearly on another level mm. in, in Souls games. <laughs> you know, there, there's like one or two bosses in Fallen Order where they were like. You know, like souls. You're like, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like kinda. You know, in, in a in a theatrical sense, kind of like watching a high school production of a like a Broadway musical. You're like, yeah, that's the music, but you know, it's not quite the you know, right the oomph. But um, uh, <laughs> but it does serve a Star Wars story, and it mm. certainly you know you don't you don't have the cutscenes, you don't have the the character focus, um, you don't have like, the way the cast is presented as as in a Souls game. Um, I think it's, I think Souls is kind of the main, like the backbone of the game, but, uh, there's lots of, you know, Metroid elements in there. There's lots of, um, you know, other games, there's lots of Uncharted stuff in there. Um, it just seems like they, and, and for, uh, games, I know people can go in and like, well, this isn't original. It's like, it is for Star Wars. It, yeah. it is, you know, and especially with the, the story that they're trying to tell, the character and how he is developing, how he gets force powers is fascinating. Uh, it's almost always narratively driven, and it's really cool. cool. There's one in particular that I was like, that was awesome. You know, just uh, putting him in a stressful situation and having him be like, oh, that's how you do that. I remember. You know, it's 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 I love it's that gratifying. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to maybe illustrate to Kyle, like how how soulsy it is, though. Uh, if you get killed by an enemy, they will take whatever experience you've accumulated. And you have to kill them. You have to go back and then kill them to get that experience. You just back. have to hit them. You just have to hit them. I you think said, you had to kill them. You got to hit okay, them. Okay. Well, then yeah. I was mistaken. And they're glowing too. It's like yeah, that yeah, they guy. Are. They're they're glowing. And but. in some cases, it will just be like a spot on the map because yeah. I I like kill the thing died in the process of it killing me, and so it I'm, wasn't there when I went back, and so they're like just yeah, there's your XP. Very forgiving. I'm bummed, I mean, you, it's, I'm bummed you don't have to kill them. <laughs> it's 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 more forgiving, you know. Sure. It's uh, and especially with the force powers, man. Like yeah. force pull, which is not a spoiler. Force pull is available when we played at E three. Uh, it's just a great way when you go in and it's like, haha, there's three of them. I'm like, now there's one, you know. And so like you you can kind of use that stuff as a crutch later in the game. That's interesting because I in past the point where I have force push, but I don't have force pull yet. And and one of the the things that I really like about the game is it keeps rearranging the composition of enemies in interesting ways where like you know you think you think of a parry in a traditional sense but here you're parrying back laser blasts and making the decision of like okay I've got melee guys rushing at me I've got guys up top shooting at me do I try to deal with the melee guys first 
and dodge the laser blast or do I parry them? And then the game like just teaches you naturally like, hey man, look at the ground because these little assholes, <laughs> these little creatures will jump out of the ground and yeah. they'll just they'll just hit you and they'll they'll even trick you where it'll be like, oh, a stormtrooper is rushing at me. I'm going to deal with him. Oh, I wasn't paying attention to the ground. Something is jumping out. And those are kind of those, the the, the natural learning moments that I think mm-hmm. Souls is so good at developing. Yeah. Where it's not like, hey, giant text box, look at the ground, you idiot. Yeah. You just learn through doing and trial and error, yeah. um, which I really, really love. But maybe it sounds like you're implying that over time, the force powers and maybe the skills you get hurt some of that aspect? A little bit. It's just, uh, I mean, they, they want you to feel powerful. I mean, mm-hmm. and, it, and it works narratively because you do get more powerful as a character. You get more powerful in your mm-hmm. your uh, ability to adapt the Force. And whereas it might make some elements easier, it's also fun. Uh, and Souls does this a little bit, but um, uh, when it lets up on the difficulty, it's fun to just have a Stormtrooper like on a ledge just being like, I don't know where he is. And you're like, <laughs> like that's... that. Like, even if this is the eighth time I've gone through this area, oh, I'll push that guy off every time. I got no problem about that. <laughs> Seeing a person just, ah, yeah. like, fall down is really great. They give you these poor astromech droids. So you're just like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, push them out of dude. There's uh, stuff in the environment that's explosive, and you can, like, push them. Mm-hmm. There's even one time it really, fr- I, like, pushed it in that direction, and it threw it at something. And I'm like, okay, you don't have to do that every single time. You know, like, m- make it hard for me to actually aim with those things. Did but, you? Uh, did you play through on the normal difficulty setting? I upped it actually, which okay. uh, just by recommendation of people that had already finished it before I got a before I got a chance to start the campaign, uh, and that was tough because I got to like the last two bosses and was like, should I dial it down? Yeah, because I, I really wanted to finish it. We we're doing a spoiler mode this week. Time so to Huber to, too, um, but I, I managed to get through all, all of it on nice. Jedi Master. I think it was called. Okay, so yeah, that's that's the third one, right? The third one, yeah. Okay, so that's. I was talking to Brad, and he was like, yeah, man, play it on that yeah. one. And I'm, I'm kind of at a point, and maybe this will change over time, where I'm like, maybe, maybe I want to see what that fourth one is like. And I like that you can change it on the fly. Yeah. Um, that, that is really, really, really nice. Um, even so far, and again, maybe this changes over time, but I think the game does a pretty immaculate job of, of pacing. And pacing is kind of one of those vague things that you throw out that can be hard to articulate. But what I mean is... I feel like very quickly, like if I play Fallen Order for an hour, I'll get a little bit of like, hey man, there's multiple ways that you can go explore, try to find secrets. And then there's more like set piece moments where it's like, hey, you're sliding down ice and that's going to be crazy and try to, you know, jump at the right time. And then you'll have puzzles where it's like, use your force powers to manipulate the environment. Um, and then you have like pure combat. And it, it goes through all of those fairly quickly in a way that feels natural and a way that feels fun and nothing feels like it's dragging on too long. Yeah. Does that stay relatively true? Yeah, the the sliding was the one thing that I was like, oh, okay. You know, like near, near the much. near the end. Well, just cuz you travel to multiple planets. Mm. And they all got slides, you know, so it's okay. like, yeah, right. you know, it's like, it'd be one thing if it was one planet because it fit, you know, cuz she has mud and so it's very, you know, you know, slippery and it's like, well, this other place has ice and it so slippery, and you know, so it's like that was the the swinging. I didn't mind so much. Wall running, I didn't mind so much because that seems running. that's it's a it's a video game classic, and it also you know just being that agile seems very Jedi like. Also, this idea that you are you're getting to places. I hate it when I'm playing an RPG or I'm playing an action game, and they're like, "We need you to find." It's kind of like you feel in Uncharted, where they're like, "No one's ever been here before." Mm-hmm. You're like, "Really?" Because I walked <laughs> here. Like, no one has ever yeah. really. Um, and in Uncharted, like sometimes you're like, yeah, that I I would 
crap my pants if I did what Nathan Drake just did to get to this spot. So yeah. like it makes sense that nobody's ever been here. And there, when you get to these like temples that that house you know the the game's big secrets, uh, you're like, yeah, there's no human being that doesn't have the force because there's no way they could possibly get here. It would make sense why the Wookies are hanging out over there, and I found this thing over here, and those two never met, and it took somebody you know as powerful as me to uh, to get there. Um, I really like BD One. Dude, b- finally, finally, we've arrived. I really what do you mean like finally BD1? we've arrived? BD1 <laughs> is incredible. BD1 is near perfect what? in this game. They just, he's so great on so many levels. Uh, the, the, the first simple level is just when droids are done right. Uh, and I talked to, I, you know, this is one of like Brad's major gripes about Star Wars in general, like the sassy droid, like gotta have sassy droid. Like, mm. and it's just like every time there's a new story, it's like gotta have droids, gotta be sassy. Well, I, I and, think... I think the sassy droid thing is annoying because, like, it doesn't necessarily blend in with the character that they're pairing it with. So it, it just feels like they're including it to include it. Yeah. But what part of what makes BD One so good is you're playing as Cal, who like is really kind of at the beginning very quiet and afraid because people of his order have been completely murdered. And doesn't know BD One. Right. So you th- right. their their relationship develops over time. Right. And it is, oh, God, it's yeah. just, I, I would pause the game and, like, call Amanda over and be like, I, I have to tell you this exchange that they just had. It was so good. Yes. I'll tell you one that's literally the, the, the first thing, the Please. first situation that they have. And it's one, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a common trope. It's a classic. You know, they, they, you know, it started with R2-D2 and C-3PO where beep, boop, boop, and C-3PO would be like, hey, don't you call me that. And mm-hmm. you're like, what did he say? <laughs> you know, like, or sometimes you know what he said. Uh, I remember once, sometimes somebody made a funny video that was, they added subtitles for R2-D2. It's like, what if he said all of this silly stuff? But the one line they couldn't change was he bumps into him in Return of the Jedi, and he's just like, the C-3PO's like, what are you doing here? And he goes, I'm serving drinks. And he's like, I can see you're serving drinks, but what are you doing? You know, <laughs> so like, he actually says specifically what R2 says. And some of those you don't recognize in Fallen Order for, until like 10 seconds later. You're like, okay, and I'll think back and be like, oh, he said, oh, that's so cute. And I love when he first... Meets him, it's, you know, Cal uh, uh, meditates and he wakes up and it's like, oh, there's BD1. And BD1 goes, boop, boop. And he goes, oh, I'm okay. Um, my name's Cal. And I thought back, oh, wait a minute. BD1 said, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But you don't get that until you hear what Cal says back to him. Yeah. And and they, they even have some jokes in there where, like, uh, you know, Cal will say something and BD1 will reply. And he'll be like, good one, BD1. And you're like, oh, I, okay. You're like, I don't know what he said. Only he does. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh you know, so story-wise, uh, he's so great. He's so damn cute. It, the, the idea that he's with you the entire time is really great. Customization options that you get, you know, throughout the game where you can change his color, you know, depending on your outfit. And uh, that was, like, surprisingly gratifying, like, depending yeah. on what area that I'm in. Um, the fact that he's just on you the entire time, I think, is interesting for a droid. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that in Star Wars, like a droid that can, like, hang out physically on you. So when he's doing all the platforming stuff and flipping in boss fights and stuff, like, BD-1's always there. He supplies the the stim packs that you use to heal. Yes, he supplies the stim packs. There's a lot of different dialogue options for when he gets it. You know, yes. he's just like, I need it. You know, and he'll throw it and be like, Oh, thanks, BD one. You know, so it's like they they it like clearly responds like we re- you really need to care about this droid. Mm-hmm. It's important that not only do we establish a relationship between the two of them, but that that is constantly deepening as the story goes on. Respond. Two points that I was even like, Oh, they nailed it. This is great. And then by the end of the game, I was like, Wow. Like I I didn't. Didn't think it was going to go there. Like they, because you spend a lot of time with just the two of them, and it's easy to follow common tropes like from Star Wars in terms of you know droids. Even like K two S O from Rogue One was funny. 
you know, and you know that's like a tragic story that they tell in Rogue One. But I just I did specifically their relationship was like mm-hmm. really well done, and a story that really only kind of fits for a video game. It fits for you for something that's going to go on for sixteen twenty hours that you're spending a lot of time with just these two characters. That it makes those kind of like Last of Us, you know, with Ellie, where like it's it wasn't the cutscene; it was just the dumb thing they said when they were walking down the hallway. That I'm like, oh, boy, did that hit! Like, yeah, it's really good. And from a gameplay perspective, he's super adorable because he'll hack stuff. So as you're walking toward the door, he runs over and jumps up, like I'm ready, you know. And you're like, oh, okay. And like, it's adorable even when you can tell the game is confused about what you're intending to do. So like. When you glide down things, you grab onto them. And so it's fun when I like go over to a ledge just to look and he like, huh? and I'm like, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing that. You know, and like I'll walk away and he'll be like, come on, baby. And then he'll go over to the hop of my shoulder um, and uh, loves to scan stuff. So it's like, not only is that fun from a lore perspective, secrets, but yeah. like, you know, to learn stuff where like he'll examine something. Uh, it's adorable to watch him do it, but it's fun to like walk in a room and you're like, oh, wow, look at this. And you see him walk over to something and you're like oh what is that buddy and tap down on the d-pad and he scans it and beeps at you and then you get a little bit of lore um just never got old and he's just like that was my first question when i checked it out at e3 you know like uh stig came out and grabbed me after i did the demo and he's like what'd you think of the combat and i was like okay combat's number two when are we getting this action figure like i need the, i need the plushie i need this thing yeah. that i can wear on my back um and you know going through the game it just like i think that was like the big as a character i was like not expecting to kind of be floored by bd1 uh, there's there's something ab- about the way that the story and the environments are so in sync, uh, in the, at least in the beginnings portions of the game, the the first couple of planets where they sell kind of just this idea of the Jedi being gone and being diminished because when you go to these planets. It would be really jarring if it was they, they were trying to tell this story and things were like bustling with life or like sure. uh, th- there was like a goofiness in the design of the characters. But everything is just kind of like ancient and old and there's there's like kind of this desolate vibe to the way there's there's kind of this dreariness, I think, that's there. But it's. It's like both beautiful and kind of sad, which I think perfectly fits the story that they're trying to tell. And even at the very, very, very beginning of the game, when you're just, you know, working with these guys who are being kind of bullied by the Empire, like, and they're on that train, you feel kind of like the heaviness that they must be going through on a day-to-day basis. And so I I think they just really did an incredible job uh, of, like, presenting the story through the environment in a way that I was not expecting. And I'm playing on the Xbox One X, and I really am glad that I am, because there are just moments where I'm like, this vista is incredible. Yeah. Worth mentioning, though, before we just sugarcoat this entire thing, yeah. uh, rough. This Visually, this game's rough. Well, I, there, uh, anim- there are animations. Animations are rough. Yeah, there are uh, animations that I think are rough, um, yes. I, again, I, I curse Red Dead 2 because it spoiled me with those <laughs> camps, man, just yeah. in terms of interaction. Like, you go back to the ship, and, and characters will be like, hey, don't tell this other character this. And you're like, they're sitting... Right. Okay. You know, or like one character actually said, oh, Grease left the ship. And it's like, he's right there. What are you talking about? You know, so uh, textures. uh, I've seen a lot of people fall through weird places in the environment and stuff. Mm. It's trivial. I mean, it's it's not, it does not, didn't pull me out of the story. Doesn't really get in the way of gameplay a lot, but it's. uh, That's funny because like. They they shot for the moon and 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 they got there, but. 
maybe not where they intended to land. There are definitely some, definitely animations that I'm like, okay, that was weird. Like that just didn't look natural at all. But but in terms of like some of the environments that I've seen, yeah, the vistas are incredible, and the 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 design of them is cool. And just one way again, the map uh, that I think is really fascinating, uh, Dothamir, um, which is where the Night Sisters are from. If you watch the Clone Wars. Uh, is uh, very foreboding. Like when you go there, like you know, there's a very like, uh oh, this is the the hard. They give you a chance to go to two different places. One of them is Dathomir, and it's fun going there right away because the map is very much like no. Like you're like, oh, let me go explore. And the map's like not yet. And you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, so like the 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 what your companions are saying about the planet, just the whole vibe of the planet's very red and spiky and lonely and. You know, like dusty and and just the fact that the map is full of red doors. You're like, oh, oh you know, it's uh, it all just kind of blends together. So I got a question. It's intimidating. Uh, so let's say you get a new power. You're on some planet. You get a power to unlock the yellow doors that you saw in the planet right before it. Mm-hmm. You go back to the planet to unlock that yellow door. Uh, the thing that you see behind it, whatever happens behind that yellow door, is that rewarding? Uh, yeah, a lot of times it's customization stuff. Like um, uh, you can customize your ship. You can customize your outfit. I, n- I never wore ponchos. I don't know if I'm a fan of where the ponchos look. Yeah, I, I've gotten some poncho stuff, and I've looked through it, and I'm like, no, I like the regular... You get five outfit options and, mm-hmm. like, 20 poncho options, and yeah. I never wore a poncho. The... I was like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, do they give um, you armor? Another, another thing that you get, though, is so, like... Your powers are are governed through the force, and even something like like heavy strikes are governed through force usage, and certain moves that you can do are governed through force usage. And so, some of the secrets that you can find is is it's sort of like a, a heart piece thing, where it's like, okay, you found one of three of these force orbs. If you collect two more, you'll increase your maximum force. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, so yeah I like that kind of thing. And there, you can examine things. Not only the stuff that BD One checks out, but you can go up. Uh, he has an ability to kind of sense stuff just from touching it with the force, and. Uh, You'll get a little story thing. You'll hear, you know, dialogue. If someone died there, you'll hear them die, or you'll hear the shot, or you'll hear them say something. And when it fills out the lore, it actually uh, um, lays it out numerically, so you can tell. Oh, that's lore plot point three of eight. So I'm missing six. Where's six? You know, and you kind, you know, I know how this story ends, but I want to, I want that one little, little chapter. And like mm-hmm. the majority of those were really cool. Mm-hmm. Like they were really interesting. Some, some, uh, yeah. So just, just a lore reward. And you get a little XP, too, every time. So uh, I think I have, like, five abilities on the skill tree I didn't get by the end. Oh, man. Wow. Okay, so, Brandon, I really wish you wouldn't have said that because I'm playing Fallen Order with Abby, and she's really digging it. But, like, I don't want to, like, slow down and read every lore thing because, you know, I don't want her to get bored. Sure. But you get XP. Well, you get the XP just for yeah, just for, just for like doing stuff. Oh yeah, then yeah. you're good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't but, worry about but it. The Lord. <laughs> but it's nice, and it. Were, I don't know what was the first game to do this, but it was a really clever idea where it. You know, some games would automatically throw you into the menu and be like, "Here's the text." And uh, games yes. now, most are games like, would do that. Yeah, are like there's a little countdown clock that's like, if you hit options right now, mm-hmm. I'll take you straight to the screen that'll say it. But if you don't care, there it goes. Move on. Beautiful. And so most of the time, I think like for the first half of the game, I just skipped all of that. And then like out over a while, I was like, oh, these are pretty good. I actually, I actually care. And a lot of that was curiosity based on Cal talking about it or mm-hmm. BD1 saying something. And Cal was like, yeah, it's pretty sad. And I'm like, what? Wait, what's sad? I want to read this. Um, when I was initially talking to Brad right after he finished for the review, I was like, oh, how long is it? And he was like 15 hours. And I'm like, oh, man, cool. That seems so manageable. And now... You know, slowly chipping away at it when I can. I'm like, no, that's not long enough. Like, we may not get a Star Wars game like this for a very long time. 
that's not enough. Uh, which is kind of a bummer. I it, it does make me feel glad that EA's had such a rough go of things lately because yeah. I'm glad this is the win that mm-hmm. they had, you know, because it means we'll get a sequel. It means, you know, res- somebody uh, – I saw a tweet the other day where somebody just posted – I don't even remember like what they – it was Titanfall 2, Apex, this, and something else that, uh, that uh, Respawn had done this gen. And they're like, it's a good team. Yeah. This is good oh, devs, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they really, really care about their game. Don't, do not judge these devs by how much money they make and, you know, how many copies they sell. Um, one thing I want to say specifically about the story before we move on is uh, when I first saw Cal, I was like, okay. And then like when I fr- I just wasn't, I was like, this is not a protagonist that's, this is Ezra basically from Rebels. You know, it's like, I, you know, it's, it's a young Anakin. Like I've seen this Luke. I've, I've just met this guy. Uh, and especially when they're like, okay, it takes place between three and four. I was like, oh God. Like, okay. It's mm-hmm. not, especially because in classic EA fashion, they were like, so. We're going to set this between three and four and explore explore the thing that everyone's explored. Like, do you know how many novels and comic books and rebels? And like, have we been here? You know, like in many, many ways. And so I would love for this to be a franchise. I would love to go back and continue the Cal story. But like, you can't do that too much mm. because it is a finite amount of time. Um, and I, I was thinking that throughout this conversation, honestly, the branding. Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order. Yeah. Which is the whole idea of like, oh, the Jedi are good. It's like, oh, that's yeah. Old Republic. That's, ah, you know, it's like, it, I. that's almost kind of what the Jedi are known for now is like mm-hmm. getting whooped. You know, it's like, we've we've been here. Where are you going to take this? And like, that almost made the story more impressive. That almost made kind of these some of these emotional moments hit so hard. Not specifically because of Cal and what he was going through, but because just in the way they 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 set up the way they kind of put you in some of these moments or yeah. make you or make you relive some of these memories uh just emotionally a lot of the stuff that he dealt with even just from the get go 20 minutes in I was like oh man you got me like cuz that's the thing that's frustrating for me about the prequels is like yeah they botched Jar Jar but they had an idea there you know like this this poor guy who's in this warlike tribe and he's just not a warrior you know and like it's like okay you, you know that's a that's a good place to start you know like <laughs> and then know, here's man, what he and know. then here's what he sounds like like stop <laughs> you know and you know the episode 3 is like you know just this fact that like you know Yoda fights you know Darth Sidious and then gives up and runs it's like that what's so tragic he's so powerful and he just realizes like I can't win this I I screwed up so hard I'm out I'm out you know and um, so the the Order 66 and the Purge is a fascinating story. Like, is a very, very tragic story. And it's it really interesting to see Respawn come along and kind of give it the care that it deserves. Yeah. Um, even, like, meeting the two crew is just like, hi, I'm, you know, this, you know, I'm going to be your the person that's going to guide you. And here's the sassy captain. And I'm like, here we go. And then by the end, it's like, love you guys. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, I was <laughs> really surprised. Across the board. What they did almost with every single character. My big takeaway upon seeing villains Jedi Fallen Order revealed is I was just like, Cal just looks so boring to me. Like it just, it just seems so by the numbers. And my my just my knee jerk initial impression was apathy. Mm-hmm. And even where I'm in at the game, like I I want to know what's going to happen. I'm invested not only in his character but the people that are surrounding him and and what's going to happen. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say it's like the greatest story ever told or anything, but kind of going back to the very beginning of this conversation, I care a lot more than I was expecting to. Yeah, and I don't want to get into any of it now, but I'm excited to do the spoiler mode because I started to chart 
oh, okay, that's from, that's clearly an episode five reference. Cool, cool. And then I was like, oh, that's a little return of the Jedi. Oh, some Rogue One. Cool. And it, episode one, two, three, four, Rebels. Every, like a- any movie, show, anything, there's some nod. Cool. Some, something that points. And again, in the case of the prequels, some things that even point at something that like I feel res- Respawn knows you hate. You know, knows that just Lucas just didn't quite make that land the way you were expecting. And so that's also tragic. You know, that like you see some of these things, the way they're presented, the, this fall of the Republic, the fall of the Jedi. You know, the, the, for me as a fan, the, the disappointment that I felt, you know, in finishing that trilogy and then that coupled with the loss that I feel from, you know, having all of these horrible things happen to these characters kind of fit in a weird metal way. You know, it was, it was interesting kind of revisiting some of these spots and, um, yeah, I was, I just, uh, and it's just a fun kind of, it reminds me of control in a weird way. Just because of how it feels. Like, when I booted up Control, I was like, okay, I don't have a ton of time to play this game, but let's do it. And then just running around as her for, like, mm-hmm. ten minutes, I was like, ooh this, ooh, this is fun. You know, like, it just feels fun. Like, Bloodborne, it just feels fun to hit the run button and, yeah. you know, have people be like, hey, wait, it's him! And, like, nope, running away. Uh, it, um, it's exciting, and it's, um, it's just, yeah, really fun exploring those worlds. Feels really good. It feels really good. Um, and... Uh, yeah, the, the lightsaber stuff is good. Customization for the lightsaber, like crazy, you know, and uh, you slowly develop those things. And there's context there. Some of the pieces you have relate to specific characters, you know, that are in the game or have passed and, you know, in years past. And uh, yeah, it's, they, 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 they did their homework. This, this feels like a game made by people who, who were told to make a Star Wars game and got together and all had real serious looks on their faces and were like, okay. You know, cool idea, Bill, but we're not going to do it. You know, like we, you know, <laughs> let's, let's, you know, like it just, it feels like they, they really workshopped this puppy on, yeah. on, on all fronts. They really wanted to put their best effort forward, which is why I kind of tend to forgive some of the graphical glitches because I think it feels like overambition. You know, mm. it feels like they got to a point where they knew this game had to come out and they were like, oof, yeah, the, that texture with your ship when it lands is going to take a, a couple extra seconds. Sorry. Yeah, you know, we did it. The loading times are brutal, but, you know. Man, the I, cost. you say over ambition, but like so far, it feels like mostly ambition met, you know, yeah. like way, way more than not. Mm. Yes. Which yeah. is why I, th- I completely 100% agree with Brad's score. Mm. I think he I think he nailed it. Um, and the Kyle. music. Oh, and the music. Sorry. Where are we? Okay. Ah, ah. As a Star Wars fan, uh, music is something that is so easily phoned in with with games. Like there was this era in, you know, like, probably like a decade ago, but like the, you know, the turn of the century where you'd get a new Star Wars game and the game would be cool. Uh, but then they're just like, oh, yeah, let's just throw in the asteroid chase from Empire. And you're like, dude, I, like, there's one thing if you're playing a Lego game and you're like, yeah, 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 this is not, I'm not supposed to take any of this seriously. I'm just having fun in Star Wars world. But it's another thing when you're telling a narrative and it's like, this is Endor, dude. This is, I, I'm Lucas on a speeder bike right now. What are you doing? Do you expect me as a Star Wars fan to literally disassociate these two things? And uh, that score is so original and so fresh. Uh, ha- just, just the right amount of themes that they don't, overdue and bring bring back at just the right moments. There's one specific part where they're like, here's your theme, baby. Go, go. And it's so great. Uh, and only in a select couple moments really just dip back into the pure source John Williams because they know they have to, you know, for to make that moment sing. Um, one big thing for me is just the theme. Nah, 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 nah. Like, if you overdo that as a Star Wars fan, it doesn't, you know, it's kind of like when somebody says like a slogan or something in a movie or a comedic line. It's like, in my opinion, you get two, maybe three, maybe three, but you have one and then you have a callback. Mm-hmm. And if you do it eight times, it doesn't mean anything by the end. And like the, I feel the composers knew that, that they're like, uh-uh. and even when I do it, it's going to be real quiet. It's going to be a flute way in the background, but you're going to know it's there. 
Um, so yeah, that was very impressive. Cool. Jones, the, the passion is exuding <laughs> off of you. <laughs> Kyle, um, I feel like I'm in a spot where there's a million things that I want to play all at once, but you, you trying to get a box peak, you know, you, you purposefully put off, I think some playthroughs of games, mm-hmm. uh, to, in order to get that done is, is Jedi Fallen Order something that is like high on the prairie list? Are you yeah, interested? I have a very specific list in mind. Okay. Uh, it is Jedi first. I thought it was Death Stranding first. It's not. It's going to be. We got, it's, got changed. It's going to be Jedi first. Luigi second. Yeah. Good transition. Death Stranding third. <laughs> that's that's that is the docket. That's what the docket looks like. We're gonna have. We're gonna have an upcoming segment on Luigi's match. Great. Yeah. But uh, you are making a good choice. Sure. You're making a good choice, in my opinion. You're making yeah. a good choice, Brandon. You said the forbidden word. <gasps> Uh, Prequels? <laughs> no, Jar Jar. You said uh, you said crack your pants. Oh the yeah, it, just never abide. Jones. Yeah, the demons just cannot abide that sort of language. That was like episode two, dude. You yeah. should have known that a yeah. long time yeah. ago. You don't say that phrase. That's on you. Um, <sighs> for this kind of frame trap, you guys are going to be teaming up. Okay, you will be on the same team, and so you will try to get as many points as you possibly can. The way this is going to work is I'm going to give you the name of a Galar Pokemon, and I will tell you how many types it is, how it, if it has one or two types, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to try to collectively see if you can you can know the types. We got this. We got I, this. I have we, can, a, we got I, this. We got based this. Based on the number, there's eight possible points that you can get. Okay. I have created a rubric here that will determine uh, your level. Okay, cool. Basically. I so, hope I get one. Yes. That's all. I just want one. So if you get we, one or... This is us together. This is... I'm, one meaning 90% of this is going to be you. Oh, I get you. I get what you mean. Uh, so like if you get one to two, you'll be at a different level than if you get five to six. Yeah. Okay. This is like the uh, last page of Game Informer. I love this. Okay. Uh, are, are we ready? Yeah. All right. The first Pokemon is Stonejourner. Stonejourner. Mm-hmm. It has one type. What is it? He's being nice. This is stone type. Rock type. Rock type. Imagine, right? yep. Starting with an easy one. Yep. Starting with an that easy one. That was nice, one. Ben. That was nice. Have yep. you seen this guy? I, d- I think I might have seen this guy's previous evolution. It's tough because... No, he's just one. He's just by himself. Oh, cool. Then no, not at all. Okay. Gotta see him. He's really cool. It's one thing that's really fun for me that's, you know, uh, I'm beginning spoiled is like, there's, you know, it's the... The old joke, like, well, if I haven't seen this episode of TV, it's new to me. Yeah. So, like, almost every Pokemon I've seen is new. Sure. So. What I love about Stonejourner, uh, the first time you see him, Jones, it's like a uh, one of those things you, you can put your face through it, like, and take a photograph of. That's where you see him the first time. <laughs> it's really cool. The next Pokemon, okay. two types. Snom. Snom is two types. <laughs> Snom is two types. Okay. So, Jones, Snom <laughs> is... Uh, pre-evolution of a snow moth. Okay. Um, so ice, ice type is one. Flying, maybe? Flying ice? Or bug. Oh, it's probably bug. Bug ice. You want to go bug yeah, ice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bug ice. You are correct. Yes. yes. Two yes. points. Yes. <sighs> See, I had to say flying for you to know that was wrong. Yeah, you know what that I mean? is that's, what that was. That's yes. where I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to take a right. You go left, left. So the next one is our, our first... Evolution okay. is the final form. And based on our previous conversation, Kyle, I think you've got this in the bag. Grimmsnarl. Very dark. <laughs> the 
That's what I'm talking about. Yes. That's how you, you shoot. Wait, wait till you see Grimmsnarl, Johns. Wait till you see this fairy dark boy. He's so good. I'm, I'm pumped. All right. Uh, this is also a final form. It's one possible final form of, of, of two. Flapple. Okay, so Jones. <laughs> Flapple is... Uh, uh, it's really cool. It's an uh, app- two types, by the way. It's it's an apple that has like a, a little worm inside of it, and then it can evol- depending on what you feed it, evolves into one or two directions. Cool. Flapple, I believe, had the tart apple, and that is correct. Is grass dragon? I was gonna say grass. Kyle, you are yeah. you are crushing this. Yes, grass dragon. Kyle. I don't like Flapple, by the way. That's a disgusting looking Pokemon. Do you worry when you nail like Pokemon trivia that you're like setting a precedent for yourself? Because that's you're the like, thing is I'm like actually getting, you're super like, bad at this. You're like yes. establishing a persona. You're writing yeah. checks you can't cash, basically. Exactly that. Yeah. yeah. I feel it. Because every time I'm like I'm, I'm like using a f- fairy type attack, and it's like that wasn't very effective, and I have no idea why. <laughs> that happens to me a lot. Uh, Kyle, you you have done excellent. Okay. You have one more Pokemon. Greedent, one type. Greedent is. Have you seen the squirrel? Yeah. Uh, the squirrel evolves okay. into a big, jolly squirrel. And that squirrel, you know, you're just wandering around. Every every Pokemon needs a Rattata. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Normal. Yeah. yeah, it's normal. I'm going to go through, so you got every point. Yeah. I'm going to go through the different levels. Okay, all right, all right. All right. If you would have gotten zero correct... Oh boy. It would have been fraud detected. Yeah, yeah. We would have I would have fraud yeah, we would have had to walk away. Fraud detected. <laughs> yeah. If Show's you got, over. Yeah. If you got one or two, you would have been a bug catcher catcher. Okay, that's about right. You're, bug you're, catcher. you're a bug yep. catcher. Uh, if you would have gotten three or four right, you would have been labeled a super nerd. Whoa. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous about where this is going, Jones. If you would have gotten if you'd have gotten five <laughs> to six, you would have been a gym leader. Oh, okay. Seven Part of the Elite Four. Mm-hmm. Eight. You're the champion. Yes, Chunks. Yes. You're the good. champion. Yes. I although, am... although, Ben. Yeah. There will be a time in the future where both Kyle and I will be on an episode of Frame Trap. After the Marvel debacle from the last time that we were on. Yeah. I would love some kind of Jones-sided. I feel like we healed that just now. I thought that's that, that's what this was. I just watched you talk about. All right, all right. <laughs> okay. No offense to Ben, no. it's a wonderful game. No, I'm just I'm saying. Just, yeah, you're right. You're right, Jones. I thought I thought it was gonna I go a little different. It. I thought it was gonna go a little different. Ben, I don't night- know. I've had nightmares. Okay. <laughs> all right, Jones. Where the clouds part and lightning comes down, and Thor is like, "You didn't remember me," and I'm like, "Ah." <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, you did spend all my money in Astral Chain. Yes, <laughs> on ice cream. Spend it's it all okay. on ice cream. Okay. Jones, you know what? You're, there's two things. There's two things that I'm walking away from this. I tried to pick Pokemon that I thought would be relatively difficult. Mm-hmm. Kyle exceeded those expectations. Yeah. Um, it, because either I thought maybe the Pokemon itself wasn't that memorable or because the type wasn't super obvious just based on the name we're looking at it. But especially without a visual aid, you did fantastic. Two things. Jones, you deserve a, a Jones-sided game. I thought maybe teaming up would yeah. be more interaction, but it didn't happen. Kyle, you crushed it. Uh, so <laughs> maybe we could do a Star Wars one at some point. Sure. Or Batman. Yes, is- I want to beat Jones at Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanna, yes. I mean, it has to be when you guys are yeah, on. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Yeah. right. 
on, sec- on second on second thought, Ben, just follow your heart. Yeah. Okay. Just I did please if you could if you could cut that from the bottom. The, the second the second thing is is I wanna do I wanna do another one of these because like you you'd crushed it so well. Now I think we've gotta open up not to just Gallery Pokemon. We got to do every region. Yeah, and mix them all in together. I it's can... like you're Abbott and I'm Costello walking through the Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's that Pokemon? Just like stepping into a bucket. Yeah, Costello. That's uh, yeah. Why, Jones? I gotta. Um, oh, he's level twenty six. So you both, you both obviously succeeded. You yep. will be able to break out of the frame trap. Um, think of maybe a, a Pokemon related themed breakout. You don't have to. Just a suggestion. We should mm-hmm. Dynamax. Um, okay, but but this champion game was brought to you by some wonderful sponsors. Our first sponsor is Greg, the Dark Knight Kettering. Thank you, Greg. Next, we have Zotag. Do you play Final Fantasy XIV? Are you on the Crystal Data Center? Search at Zotag, that is X-O-T-I-G, on Twitter for a link to an EZA Crystal Discord server. Thank you so much, Zotag. Next, we have Accounts Payable, who would like to give us a free shout-out. Is there anything in the world that you guys would like to shout-out? Yeah, I guess uh so I just wanna I wanna shout out wanna shout out to everybody who's like trucking. You know what I mean? There's like there's so much that can just drag you down on a daily basis. And it's like it's like to be honest with you, like a tiny miracle, like some of us even like get up out of bed. It's like there is enough reason to just stay in bed on any given day. So like if you're trucking Blow the horn. Yeah, keep on trucking. <laughs> Shout out to everybody who's trucking. Um, Kyle, that was great. And just to, just to add on to that, because it's very much based on current events that I'm going through, mm-hmm. uh, I think sometimes when you maybe are, are feeling down, like you, you get this idea of like, ah, oh, man, like it's just going to be shitty forever. But if you can somehow force yourself to do it, even like the littlest positive change you can make – like really helps a lot. Yeah. And so don't don't be afraid to even take the smallest step. Um, but thank you so much, Accounts Payable. Our next sponsor is Gift of Heaven, which is a rad and righteous RPG created by O.M. Hawkstelter for your 3DS. In this apocalyptic fable, word, word, world emperor Makil Vis finds himself powerless to conquer the evil inherent in the empire itself. In his unrelenting quest for utopia, he conspires with the last archaic vampire to combine Earth with Heaven in an unholy alchemy intended to end the world as we know it. At the same time, the dread wizard Kilbaugh seeks to destroy all life by summoning the Black Hole Sun. One way or another, the end is coming, and so is Gift of Heaven when you download the prologue for free by searching the 3DS eShop for the RPG Maker Player and searching on the RPG Maker Player for the nickname OM Hawk. Check out the Gift of Heaven YouTube channel to watch the prologue launch trailer, a weird promotional short film, and a spooky act one trailer. And let me know what you think in my thread on the Easy Allies forums. Thank you so much, Gift of Heaven and OM Hawk Stelter. Our next sponsor is Daventry Vaporworks. Thank you, thank you. But now it is time. For our mega sponsor! Team yelling that. 
View Sonic, ever wonder what a gaming monitor from Tron might look like? How about the most Star Trek monitor ever? The new XG27 series from View Sonic Elite has finally dropped and looks fantastic. Featuring innovative nano IPS technology, a mere one millisecond response time, and 165 hertz refresh rate, your monitor of the future has finally arrived. Visit ViewSonic.com Elite to learn more, and for giveaways and updates, follow at ViewSonicGaming on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much, sponsors. Gentlemen, how are we getting out of here? So, Jones, I figure I'll stand in the back. Mm-hmm. You will uh, Dynamax. I haven't Dynamax. So what, what did you do when Wait, you Wait, is he Dynamaxing you? No, I'm I'm shouting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him the commands. Oh, okay. So you oh, you will Dynamax. Fan fiction. Got it, got it. Do you want, to, you want us to swap? Oh, okay. <laughs> Just make a joke. So, yeah, you grow. Uh, I think our move will be called uh, D-Max Shatter. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, you do the D-Max Shatter, okay? Okay. I could feel that in the cheap seats. <laughs> we have fun. We have fun. We have fun. We have fun. It's time to talk about Luigi's oh, Mansion. That's good, Jones. I played enough of the game to know that reference. Uh, so I finished Luigi's Mansion three. Nice. I wish I hadn't. <gasps> Ooh. Because it was so goddamn good oh, that I just wanted to keep going. Yep, yep, that is the Fallen Order problem. <laughs> Listen, I love the original Luigi's Mansion. Mm-hmm. I like Dark Moon a lot. You got to play Luigi's Mansion Three. If you're yeah. not playing Luigi's Mansion Three, what are you doing? It's like this game. We we talked about it on the last episode of Frame Trap, and I'm going to talk about it again. Please, it is exploding with ideas, man. Like it. It's so crazy. And we were talking about with Pokemon, the frustration of being like, there's kind of a cool character here, but it doesn't feel like you're utilizing them. The way that they utilize the ghosts, and like these ghosts are not like these characters where they're going to have some crazy monologue and, and tell you all about their life. It's not about that. It's how they mess with you. And the, it, the, when you, when you kind of go into their layers and the stories that they tell, just by you playing the game, it is so well done. It's so concise and clear and awesome. Like, going to every floor is a delight, and it just keeps going. Like, there are what? There are, like, 15 floors and then two basements or something like that. Like, there's a lot of floors, and so many of them, like, will just stick in your brain long after you leave and they're not afraid to break out of the mold and so you might have like this crazy garden level that is really elaborate and very vertical uh in a way that i I won't spoil but then you'll just go into a museum and it'll just be like this essentially be a boss fight but that boss fight will be so interesting and have so much going on that you don't even care um and it's just like no theme is really off limits Everything kind of makes sense. Every single room is packed with so much detail. And what really impressed me the most, you don't normally get with Nintendo games, is the difficulty curve is perfect. Okay, maybe not perfect. Perfect might be a little strong. It's very good. Where I always felt like it was never trying to be overly cheap. Sometimes the controls are a little bit fussy. I totally agree with Ian on that point. The controls could be a little bit better. But in terms of the the boss design itself, all the way to the end, they just keep slowly ratcheting things up where it's not like, oh, man, it's so frustrating, I want to stop. 
but you you feel like your improvement is being respected and they make sure that all of the tools that you get are constantly being used uh, in a way that I, I really respect, except for one, maybe, that you could argue is, is, is a little underused. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not perfect. Um, I think maybe the biggest, one of the biggest sins that it, it makes is there is there are these moments where Luigi will get an elevator button and then something will come and steal it. And they're like, oh, haha, that's cute. They do that maybe too many times and you have to go back to previous floors maybe a little bit too much. Um, I, I don't think that backtracking was necessary. Not awful or ruinous by any means, but not not totally necessary. But just the, 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 the there is so much love in this game. Um, like, next level games, the people who made this game, like, I, I can just envision them sitting in a room talking about, like, okay, this is going to be the layout for this floor. Um, and it's, like, Kyle... I, I want to talk to you about with this game so badly because I feel like it's everything that you love about video games. Yeah. Where where kind of the joy comes from the interaction. And, like, you will go into a room, and you can see this. Like, I really encourage people to check out the stream that Ian and Damiani and myself did because it was so much fun, and you can play this game co-op with another person. Somebody can be Gooigi pretty much all the time. And we would be talking to each other and be like, oh, hey, what if this happens? What if this thing opens up this way? And we wouldn't quite get it right, and then we'd have an idea, and then it would open up, and we'd be like, wait, can we go in there? And then you'd go in there, and it's just, that happens time and time and time again, where it's like, you know, like, even in your own Game Boy game, Kyle, I think what was so amazing about playing that is it was like, I can't believe you thought of that. That's so cool. That is this game, is it's like, I can't believe these guys thought of that. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm saying some of what I said before in the last time, but I think finishing it has has reaffirmed that opinion uh, so much. Uh, one thing I want to say about it, uh, I played up to basically the lab, up till you meet um, okay the goggles, the glasses guy, Egad, 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 Egad. up till you meet him. Um, uh, fundamentally, it is a fun way to interact with environments to have a vacuum. You know what I mean? It's fun to jump, and it's fun to have this infinite vacuum that'll suck up any trash. Anything. Yes. You got a curtain, it'll suck it up. And mm -hmm. so, like, there's just an innate fun of going through these areas and just doing the work. And it's just, it's just, it's playing, right? It, it, like, it, there's an essential playing to this game that I really, really like. Yeah, um, and, you know, we, I, I think throughout the, the it, it's less prevalent now than it was, but for a long time there was debates over, like, Linearity versus openness, right? Mm -hmm. And like Luigi's Mansion, in in the strictest sense of the word, is is an extremely linear game. It is like you are going to this floor, you are sucking up this ghost, you are getting the elevator button, you are going on to the next floor. But it doesn't feel that way because you have so much flexibility to poke at things, and then you you get constantly surprised with how deep that rabbit hole goes. There are rooms where I'm in, where, like, there are floors that I go on. I'm like, this floor is so small. How did they hide five gems here? And it's like, oh, because they're geniuses. Cool. And they, they like, make the ways super – my dad is calling me. <laughs> uh, they make, they make the, the locations, like, really clever and, and fun and interesting. Um, however, you get a lot of money. You get a lot of money, especially if you're the kind of person that likes to poke around. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think what you can use that money on is as exciting as it could be. Ah. And I think it, it could have evolved more in the game. Um, like the golden, the, the bones that you get where basically when you die, you, your little ghost pup brings you back to life. It's nothing that isn't useful, but I think for as much money as there is in the game and how a lot of the secret hunting rewards you with money... I, I think they could have made it more exciting than they did. It was really funny to do, because uh, um, I haven't played the campaign, but we all play the multiplayer mode together. If yeah. You, enjoying eight this players. conversation, you didn't know the stream happened, go to youtube.com slash play, see our group streams. Yeah. And the eight of us all play on four separate Switches co-op. So it's four Luigi's, four Gooigi's, all separate colors. And I was Blood's partner, and Blood reviewed it. Yeah. And so Blood was all business. Like, <laughs> And because I'm Gooigi, whenever he would open a door, I would just, okay, and just like go to him. And... It was so funny because he would be like, you know, he would go to check something or, or, you know, look for a secret or find some item. And I would like see a chest in the corner and open it up and like all this money would come out. And I'd be like, oh, let me get. Oh, OK. <laughs> you know, like he would always be like, no, no, like stop wasting your time with the money because it, it didn't matter really in that mode. Mm -hmm. But it got these dollar bills all come floating out. And oh, you're like, yeah. I Just have to suck all of this up. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Because the but sound is good. Yeah. Like when you hear. Yeah. yeah the th 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 or the gold bars, the bling sound. Yeah. Nice, really satisfying. And yes. it's it's deceptively detailed. You know, like it's you, you, you go even like a closet. Like we in just in that mode, we would walk into a closet. And it's like, all right, cleaning supplies in a broom or something. And he does this like jump move that kind of shakes the world around you. And like every damn thing on that shelf just like falls all over the place. This or game even, is gorgeous. Or even something I think is like a, like a hint just from looking at, you know, because I again, haven't played this, but I watched like, you know, about a, a fourth or a fifth of the game, you know, through Blood's Eyes, you know, in the gameplay when I cut the review. And it's fun to see you move in the vacuum cleaner and you like move it over a table and like the lamp shakes and the table shakes. Nothing instantly happens right away. But if you're like, wait a minute, and you go back, it's like kind of a hint that like, okay, just because that was kind of moving, there's probably something going on there. You need to go back, shake it up more or discover, you know, what you need to do to unlock that. And so uh, it's just neat to see, it's neat to see that world kind of tinker. And it, 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 I think does a really good balance between being like spooky-ish but like even for kids, if they're interested, you know, in, in playing this, like it's it, it's kind of, uh, you know, makes it more accessible and not scary or imposing because you just get to like slap the whole world around. Yes. You know, you get to like just be so constantly on the offense that it's such a fun juxtaposition of him just terrified. Uh, and you kind of touched on this, but like one of the things that um, I think is really done like top tier. I mean, almost better than certainly better than any Nintendo game I've ever seen. And it really takes something like a Naughty Dog or like a, a GTA to do something on this level. Or I'm sorry, Rockstar is the amount of expression from Luigi himself. Yes, and how that doesn't prohibit you from moving. Mm -hmm. The fact that like something will happen and he'll ah, you know and he'll be doing his whole animation and his whole speech while you know blood's running over to check something else in the room yeah. you know and so it doesn't like stop you in this reaction where you're like okay he's scared i get it you know yeah. you, you it's kind of like you were you, you were controlling him almost the entire time or at least that's what it looked like it felt like well what's what's amazing about that especially is luigi just has pretty much one reaction to everything throughout the whole game he's pretty much just scared so it speaks to how well they're able to present it that that doesn't become monotone or boring or interesting like you you love watching these characters uh interact on screen absolutely um there was something i was gonna say that i really liked and it's gone why'd you interrupt him kyle no, Sorry no, about no that. I didn't. Nope, nope. 
Nope. But uh, I've seen Luigi make expressions in this game. I've never seen Luigi make. He is very expressive in the game. I yes. love that. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I hear you. I see it. Blood was bummed that he doesn't sing the tune when he's walking around. I, yes, you mentioned Blood, and that that is connected to what I wanted to say. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily Luigi's Mansion itself, but it is interesting when you play games with different allies, how different the experience is. Mm-hmm. Because when I was playing Luigi's Mansion with Ian, constant conversation, like, and it constant, like, oh, we got to do this, we got to do that. Like, when I was playing Luigi's Mansion with Damiani, silence. Oh, <laughs> like, but not not in a bad way. Right. It was just like all business. We know, yeah. You know, there was like there was like this implicit understanding, <laughs> and it was like we're gonna get shit done. Yeah. But like, I felt myself change where it was like just stone faced playing. <laughs> you see, you see the Damiani, the, the half grin. You know, just the little it curves yeah. up just a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like it. It, it is so interesting. I love that where you can you can have a completely different experience just based on on who you're playing with. That was all. That was all. Kyle, I'm so excited for you to play this game. Yeah, I mean that. Like no pressure. I just like, I'll be back. I want the joy. I want to give you the joy that Luigi's Mansion got. Luigi's Mansion does not get enough credit. No, this game is this game is fantastic. Yeah, and people are like, oh, it's just some silly. No, you have no idea. You fools. Yeah. Play this game. It's Christmas. Them. I'm not going to play a spooky game. It's Christmas. It's always time for a little. That's like what a, Huber was saying. It's a jolly spooky game. That's Huber's, the difference. That's no, the difference. dude, don't get me started on the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, dude. He's like, I only go to Disneyland at Christmas. It's like, it's your fault. It's your <laughs> yes, fault you don't like the Haunted Mansion. It's, he, it's Huber's fault. He was like, I well, I'm going to wait a whole year to play Luigi's Mansion because it's horror themed. It's like. He's lying to us. That's a, that's a Huber lie. It's a legit Huber sorry. lie. Yeah. Okay. People are catching on to Huber's lies. That's one of them. <laughs> He's going to forget he said that yep. next week. You know, He's going to be playing Shenmue 3. Yeah. And w- everyone, you know, we all have priorities. Let him have it. Yeah. Let him have it. Let him have it. Let, Let him, him have, have a it. year of Shenmue, please. Please make no mistake. I this I think from all of this comes from nothing but love mm-hmm. for Huber and his... Just him. Just He's a force to be reckoned with. Um, we have only talked about three games... But we're an hour and 47 minutes into the show. Mm-hmm. And I really want to talk about this. Attack! Oh, come on. Uh, I thought because because it's been really uh, it's been grinding my gears. Ooh, it's been grinding my gears because I've been affected by it in a way that I was not expecting. I want to talk about Google, 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 Google Stadia. Great. Uh before I go into my opinion and my own views, I just kind of want to bring to light some of the things that have been happening with the launch of Google Stadia. Which Google Stadia technically launched on the 19th, okay? Uh, the launch lineup has been underwhelming. We can talk about what's on that. Mm-hmm. Um, what it is as a service and what you have to pay for, I think, has been confusing by people who haven't been adamantly following it uh people who pre-ordered the founders edition are getting it after it officially launched mm-hmm. um yeah so th- there have been the the coverage of it has been tepid at best i would say even places prominent places like the washington post have videos that show pretty abhorrent lag where they, Whoa, they, they cool. yeah. So basically, they're like, "Hey, watch me!" And then he like tries to jump, and then it 
there's a huge pause and then he jumps up. Is that up. the space bar clip? Yes. I've seen some yes, gif yes, yes. of the space bar where he goes, Yes. Ta da. Yes. <laughs> like turns to the camera. It takes that long for the character to jump up. Um, <laughs> Even like a second is, you know, years. So to, to say that this is maybe not gone as, as well as it could is, is an understatement. I guess maybe my opening question is does it, does it matter? Like, is this just, what, what do you think will be the result of this? Is this something that will turn around? Do you think this we're just experiencing sort of this initial roughness and it will get better and that they're onto something here? Do you think that this will be an Uya situation where it's, you know, it, it receives this attention for a time and then we completely forget about it not long after it releases? What, what do you think now that it's out, now that it's out in the world, what will be the legacy of Google Stadia? I had a new thought today. Ooh, let's hear this. I had a brand new thought because my opinion, I said this as much on the podcast last week, and I still kind of feel this. I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, if I'm right in the middle, one side of the fence is you only get one launch. You can't, unless you clearly set yourself up as Division Destiny, Fortnite, something that you're like, just wait, more stuff is going to happen. Um, even like Spider-Man from that, they're like, there are going to be three expansions. Come back, you know, next month, month after that, month after that. So you at least can mark your calendar and know like, ah, this experience is almost done and there's going to be more stuff. But with a console, like you don't get five launches, you know, you don't, you know, like I'm not going to show up in two weeks and, and, you know, be like, oh, is, is this when we're having a party? Like when, when's the unboxing? What do we do? You know, it, especially between you and, and Bloodworth. Um, you know, t- trying to figure out how we're going to cover this at launch mm-hmm. and, and experiencing your frustrations and being like, man, that's we're, we're, we're here. You know, we're at bat. We're ready to swing our bat. You know, like, let's play ball. And just the pitcher's not on the mound. And, uh, but at the same time, I thought today about Google. And it's like, wait, this is Google. This is what Google does. Like, when has Google done anything that you knew the day it came out? You know, like you just find out about something through a friend where they're like, oh, no, no, do. I remember when I got a PC and I was like, hey, you know, I, I don't want to spend company resources on Microsoft Word, but I need a word processor. And you're like, do Google Docs. And I'm like, Google, of course. You know, it was like, or, oh, no, yeah, you can hang out. It's not around anymore. They changed to something else. Like, what? I didn't, I didn't get an email. What? what? You know, it's like Google just does something. They're like, there, it's the thing. Use it. And you're like, oh, okay. And they're like, we're not going to have a ton of fanfare. We're not going to have some big opening night party because we're Google. We have all this money, all this resources to not only you know, it invents to not only innovate, uh, to not only create new technologies that are either based on things that other people are doing or, or completely original, but support it if it's successful, take it away if it's not, you know, and uh, it, I don't think that's how you should market and sell a video game console, if you can even call us this, that, a video game service really more than anything. But it it, it is in a weird way, characteristically Google, the way all of this is going down. Well, it's not good at all. Like, it's really hard for me I think about attaching my f- my my phone to a controller and playing Red Dead on the road, and that's like the only reason I would get Stadia is just for that experience, which you can't even do yet because it's not available on phones yet, right? Well, it is. The but store it's, is, but well, not no, the game. No, no, games. no. no, no. You, if you have, uh, I believe, uh, it's I think it's the Pixel Three. If you have that specific yes. phone, right, you can right. do it. But yes, but your comparisons there, I, and I'm, th- this is the point that I want to stress. You mentioned Gmail and Google Docs. In my experience, and it sounds like your experience with, as well with those things, is, oh, cool. I didn't know this existed, but now I do, and my life is instantly better, and it just works. That is not the experience with Stadia. It does not just work. And you mentioned the issue that I've been going through with Google Stadia, and just to bring that to light really quickly. So I get an email where it's like, hey, 
claim, enter this code. You have to, you can't just do it in your browser, which would make sense. You have to download the Stadia app on your phone, enter this code, claim your name. And then it was like, add a credit card and sign up for Stadia Pro. And it wouldn't let me get any farther. And it just said unexpected error. And I was like, what is wrong? Like, I paid $150 or whatever it was for this Founders Edition. What is going on? And I think it has something to do with Google Pay. But I I had to, like, go through this lengthy process of just being like, what is wrong? And then being like, I'm not even sure this is right. But after scouring and searching, I think it might be something to do with my Google Pay account, which doesn't make sense because I'm just entering a credit card. So shouldn't the credit card just work on its own? And it's just like, why doesn't this just work? Like, why, why isn't it like so many other things where you get it and it should work? And if you are trying to be the, I, I think you mentioned like Google just being Google and it feels like that is happening in this instance to the point of arrogance where it's like, isn't the idea of streaming games so cool? And like, they kind of just expect you to be on with that, but they're not following through or really giving you enough to be excited about it. And it feels like the people that are excited about it, they're not even like treating them very well. Like if you're, if you're an early adopter of this, like what are you really getting? Like at best you're getting like not the best ways to play old games that you've probably already played because you're an early adopter. Like what, what is going on? Like I, I saw a review that basically said, who is this for? And that is my ultimate question. Kyle, who is this for? <laughs> who is this serving? There are people. There are people who want this. They don't want the box in their house. They want to be straddled with this box, right? They don't want to have this this Xbox or PlayStation in their living room. Um, they exist. They think this is the future. They like the idea of not having load times uh i just can't get behind them i think innately i think innately human beings like having a box i think we like ordering on amazon i like going to target whatever taking this thing home opening this box plugging it into our tv i think we like that even like when it's just like a genesis mini even with like a super nintendo mini like we just like having this console that we plug our controllers into that we plug into our tv we know that the games come from this and we own this thing we spent this money that we worked for on this thing uh it was it was cute uh to finish fallen order on playstation 4 pro and then move to pokemon and like pull my switch out and be like hey what's up buddy <laughs> you know yeah. it's like i haven't played my switch in a while yeah it's like nice an old, old friend we like objects man yeah. we like objects and like the, it's just not it and i just for you to have a successful launch if you free to step into the realm of video games uh as, even as an established company and think you can do it you still need something as good as halo like oh, microsoft whole, made it of course, yeah. because of halo and <laughs> google doesn't like they're not even as an attempt they have their own studio we don't know what they're making but good luck you have to make something as good as halo nobody can i have no confidence in you being able to do that but but if they have their own studio yeah like why not wait until you have that moment why not why not make your presence felt in a more significant way and why not wait to unveil this thing in an official capacity when it can play on phones when it can like all phones and 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 be more available like why release it in this way 
right now. It's so weird. I think Jones almost had something there where he's talking about, I think the one exception would be the phone. I think the Pixel phones had a big launch. Hey, here it is. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. But I do think Google likes to let things organically grow. I, I think they're there. Oh, they said that in the, the Reddit you know, Q&A that they really? had. They were like, oh, yeah, well, it'll go to phones. We just wanted to do the, the, the purpose of it just being a Pixel 3 is that the Pixel 3 audience is like our beta testers right now. And, and if we have any issues on that, then we know we can apply that to Android and iOS. So when it comes to Android and iOS, wink, it'll work. You know, yeah. or it'll be so much better. Um, and, yeah, it, it, I almost feel like – because I wonder how many alarms are going off at Google right now because of this. They're probably fine, man. I, they're probably totally fine. And that's, that's the impression like, I get. this doesn't feel yeah. like an emergency. Like, like I, don't, yeah. I don't get the – I don't just – I don't, don't know why because I don't know anything really about Google corporate or, like, how that business is run. But it's like, <laughs> I wonder if – they think, you know, when xCloud happens, when PS Now gets upgraded, hopefully for PlayStation 5, you know, when just internet speeds in general, you know, we, we move on to the, the next tiers and it becomes more prolific, you know, uh, across the U.S. and other countries. Um, then, you know, or let's just use xCloud as an example. When, when specifically, you know, Microsoft is like, okay, now xCloud, Google will be like, we did Stadia last year, get in line. And it's like, this works better. Games are better. They just launched a couple new games on this, th th and Google's like, well, we don't care. We were around last year. And it's like, that's not what matters ultimately. But if they're like, we, you know, we were out in 2019. End of story. We were first. You know, it's like that. I wonder if that's really the big win. Because it feels like they are getting this out on such a small percentage of what they claimed it was it could do. Right. Yeah. Right. That's that is another part of this story is it is launching without a lot of features. It's like the tortoise and the hare. Yes. You know? But – their idea is it'll be Gmail someday, right? Their, their idea is that it'll be this thing that we all want it to be someday, and you just got to start somewhere. You can't launch with it perfect because, as Jones kind of says, they don't, they don't launch perfect. They never do. I mean, I am interested yeah. in game streaming. I think, I think there is a future there. I, I like the idea enough to spend my own money to see where what, a lot of your own Google's. Money. Yes, yeah. a lot of my own money. But, like... <laughs> You, you talk about, like, Gmail and, and filling a purpose. It, it's not, I think, a purpose that is so necessary that I'm, like, pining for it. You know what I mean? Like, I can download games on PC and console and my Switch. It's, like, not that much of a hassle. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's, it's... And there are so many games coming out on so many different platforms that my... my Time is more than occupied, and we have next-generation consoles coming out very soon that I think I just want to see a little bit more, like, gusto, man. Oh, like, yeah. These <laughs> had to blow us away. These games, for the yeah. service to yeah. work, had to blow us away. That, like, that's, that's the irony of Google Stadia is uh, the one thing that I do agree with and the one thing that I've always known about uh, humanity, and I always it's like this is always going to take precedence, is... Um, just ease of use, you know? It's just laziness. We're all lazy. Yes. You know, I, I always think about keys with cars, that it's like, oh, you just put a key in a car door and open the car. It's like, no, no, no. Now you can press a button. And it's like, no, no, no. Now you can just press a button on the handle. No, no, no. Now you can just pull the handle. And now it's like, no, no, no. Now it just knows you're close to the car and it will open the door for it. You know, it's like, is it at some point, literally the seat is going to just grab your butt and put you in the car because people are going to want that because yeah. it's easier. It's going to be attractive. Car, cars are just going to drive themselves someday. Like we are super, super lazy and we're always going to seek that out. And it's just hilarious that Google Stadia is based on that convenience and it is currently incredibly inconvenient. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's odd. And, and things 
we we have recent examples that have been talked about to death where things have turned around after a very abysmal start. But I think in in some ways the rough start of the Xbox One affected it for the entire generation. Like it it takes so much effort and consideration to turn the ship around and I just don't know I don't see a willingness or an effort in Google to, to try to do that I feel like there is so much either apathy or or disappointment or anger directed at Stadia right now that it's like why why are you putting this mountain in front of yourself in this way um, I don't know I, I don't know I don't understand this product yeah <laughs> In any way, um, however, maybe an element of that is I think I think with the internet there can be um, dogpiling, yeah. where uh, like something is bad and so everybody just kind of jumps on it without really giving it a chance. Maybe there's some dismissiveness there. It's not really a, like like a proper evaluation. Do you think there is any of that element at all with Google Stadia and maybe? over time and maybe once kind of the the initial wave of negativity has has passed that there is a chance for hope here just trying to play devil's advocate ben i think they are lucky to have negativity right now because really what i think comes next is indifference Mm. which is way worse yeah (laughs) i think i think they're lucky to be a joke today because in a few months they could be forgotten about Mm. i'm not mad yeah just indifferent yeah (laughs) That's that's what I would fear worse for them is like they need they need kind of like you were saying like you can have multiple launches they're gonna need something else to like get any attention after this oh yeah this this was your big attention shot and so I'd truly wonder like your game that you announce has to be amazing or you have a controller that that I don't know like slaps apart and and like a back massager like they need something that will like get people to be like oh whoa angry or or laughing at anything but like i don't know i really don't know see the future for stadia after this like this was it do do you think there is any chance that the google stadia teams that are working on google stadia games that we don't know about yet do you think on their own they could be enough to help right the ship what do you think there's a way they could present themselves man what does that game have to look like i don't know you know it's 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 no, I, I think that those teams have probably, what I would recommend is reconciling with the fact that you are not going to make a very popular video game. You're going to make a game that people might like. They might love it. They might have a great time with it. Uh, it might be a very, very good video game, but you are you are trapped in a platform that is unappe- flat out unappealing to most of the people who love video games. Right. Yeah, if you're creating a technology that lets you play the way you've never played before, I need to play a game that's unlike anything that I've ever played before. Yeah. And I think you, there also needs to be some kind of Cinderella story, some kind of, some you know, like a Kojima, you know, PlayStation coming in and, and helping Kojima make Death Stranding. Like, like there's got to be some dev that we liked, you know, like Stadia just announces tomorrow, like Telltale's back. Like, oh my God, you know, like something. That's a cute idea. Like, I like what you're nice. saying. Yeah. Like, that's a good way to spend the money. You know, mm-hmm. that's a good way to endear us. That's fun. Damn, I want to play. Oh, Walking Dead. New okay, yeah, all right. I'll check it out. Yeah, I, I. Wolf Among Us season two. Yeah, I'm not seeing. I'm not saying that like. There can't be something that won't generate some interest, but 
I feel like sometimes you, you mentioned like a halo. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like we're kind of at a time now where a can't miss event is maybe not enough. Yeah. Uh, because it feels like there are a lot of can't miss events where I feel like a consumer can reasonably say, all right, like I've got cyberpunk, I've got Final Fantasy VII Remake, I've got Last of Us Part Two, I've got Crossing. Halo Infinite, I've <laughs> got Animal Crossing, right? Like, you know, I'm not trying to be exhaustive here. I'm just saying the the general quality of games is is in a way where I feel like there's something really exciting to look forward to. That that game of the year feels like it could happen at any point in a lot of ways. And so even if Google comes out and you get these previews that it's like, this game is great, I don't know that that is enough. I don't know if that is enough to make people invest in their ecosystems. Like, even something like, and it, it feels weird saying this because we're recording it before the footage has happened, so this could look especially foolish, but I do think it is telling that even the initial reaction to the VR Half-Life project is kind of muted. Yeah. For for something that had for for a series that has generated, you know, so much reverence in the past, um, and that's because it's own hardware that isn't that a lot of people don't have. Right. Well, it's a prequel, which and is it's, and it's a prequel. There, a there are other reasons. It's there. a yeah. slap. Yeah. I will, I call it a slap. It's, Ooh, it's a slap. That's a hotake. I'm a not slap. I'm not, I'm not saying the game is going to be bad. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not going to play that. I mean, it's VR. You know, I love VR. You know, and like I'm I'm. I'm that game's customer. Like I'm going to be all over that, but it's a you know it's kind of like uh, the um, blah, the Diablo mobile game. It's like a perfectly fine project when announced in the right context, mm-hmm. you know. But being like Valve comes on stage, oh my god, Half Life logo scene, oh my god, and like VR, uh prequel oh it's like you know you had to know that wasn't i think i think in that case they announced that the right way they announced it two days early saying okay this game exists Uh you'll see the first trailer on thursday like actually you know what because of that i think they made the right call there but it like uh, this is a very kyle bossman thing to say but like and this again not to dogpile but like uh i want to bring the launch lineup into it a little bit this feels like your grandparents buying you christmas games (laughs) for christmas where it's just like Metro Exodus, didn't you? You're like, well, yeah, I already, already, already played it, but, oh. the, um, but the, no, but I got it. You mean the, Stadia? Okay, yeah, 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 or you know, and like that's like you like Half Life, like I, yeah, <laughs> oh my God, Half Life, yeah, like wow, how, wow, you really nailed it, and just like, well, do you have a VR? So I know I, I don't, <laughs> but I can get it, I guess, for the okay. You have to smile, like, yeah, yeah, you know, like <laughs> it's it's how do I feel bad about a thing I like? You know, it's it's a very weird. Okay, it's but a weird place to be. This shit seems so obvious. It, like when I, the more I think about it, the more infuriating it gets. Like you talk about Stadia Pro, right? And they're like, "Hey, you'll get free games." Mm-hmm. The first free game they're giving you is a free game that has been out for a long time. Oh, Destiny Two. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like this is this is not some crazy unsolvable thing. Imagine, and again, not trying to get, just trying to illustrate a point. Imagine if it was something even as simple as like Jedi Fallen Order. That would have been big. Yeah, or, or it's yeah. like, oh, well, you know, I was going to play it anyway. I'm kind of curious about this. Like, there are so many other things it could have been. I'm not, that is not a knock on the quality of Destiny 2 by any means. It just, like, <laughs> your first free game is a game that is already free is crazy to me. Yeah. But not crazy to these execs. Even if you were to tell them that, they wouldn't be like, oh, and then get their, 
you know, colleagues on the phone and be like, we messed up. They'd be like, what? I, it's just the it's just the vibe that I get. Uh, you don't know? you understand? It's, it's the complete edition, <laughs> yes. right? So that's that was are the you, point I was going to bring up. Yeah. So look, look, I, the we, dynamics are very different. We went to Bungie <laughs> last year, and the stuff that they're doing there is really exciting. You know, <laughs> it does kind of feel, Brandon. Like, I, I really love that grandparent analogy, or it's, it's like somebody that was like really paying attention to video games, like two years ago but didn't get their message across until now like you look at that launch lineup and it's like this would have made sense in the past but it's just it feels so behind and they added six games like i'm so curious what the story was there they're like here's our launch lineup and then two days later never mind here's six more games it was like were, were you hiding those or did you not yeah did you man. get backlash from the 18 or and then you did move to 24 i don't know or 24 to 30 or whatever it's so strange those weird, these extra games. Like, were you planning on announcing those later or what? You know, uh, it's all. That may have been it. Like, we talk about how you actually have to, you have to get headlines. You have to space things out. I wonder if they were like going to be bigger announcements a week later and in the week after that and they pushed them up to get a bigger headline. Like, yeah. But like, man, that's not it. <laughs> it's not it. But it do, you, you, you did say, you know, they believe that this is the future. And yeah. I think there is a future there. Like, yeah. I think there is. You know, we would this would be a different conversation if it was available on all consoles, you know, at the start. If there was a, a super crazy, compelling free game, you know, uh, uh, you know, even something from super earlier in this gen, you know, even if they like, maybe pulled an exclusive away from PlayStation or, or from Xbox, like that would be a coup. Like there is a way they could have nailed this. And I think there is, man, if I can play Red Dead Online on my phone, you know, like, it, oof, like, That'll I'll you know I'll leave my switch at home in a lot of cases. Like there will there are a lot of games that I would be very very curious to check out. I am curious to check out Red Dead just in general on this thing. I think that's like one of my big obviously one of my big curiosities. But uh, it's it's just it's just weird and not in the right ways. Not in a way that makes me curious and, you, and asking the right questions. You you said uh, that they believe that this is the future, and you made me realize that like. I think that there is value in this idea, but when just from Google itself, they are not convincing me that it is the future. Like they don't I don't even they don't even really have a person that talks about this in a way that I've seen that is compelling. Like, you know, when you when you want to be you you think about like Steve Jobs, right? Where he could get on a stage and talk to people and present things in such a way where you're like, actually, I didn't think about it that way. Or you've convinced me. Like, I can't, I can't pin anything like that on, on Google Stadia. And, of course, expecting maybe the caliber of somebody like Steve Jobs is not fair or whatever. But the point that I'm trying to make is that, like, everything I see about Google Stadia and everything that I've experienced thus far is, like, you guys don't get it at all. Like... I don't even I don't even think that you guys get it and that is what is most concerning is like you are taking this idea and I you're not even presenting it in a way that is exciting or that I can understand or get on board with like so much of what you're doing doesn't make sense and feels like I don't know I like where are you going with this like there needs to be that that message or that person that can I think you as somebody who wants to buy into this makes you feel like, oh, they like it's going to be all right in the end. You know, somebody guiding the ship. And I, I just don't 
see that at all. It's a weird place to be with Google. Because usually when Google removes a feature or something that I use, and I think like, oh, that's a bummer. I use that thing. But I'm, what the hell do I know? You know, like mm. I didn't invent it in the first place. Clearly, this was created by people much more intelligent than I am. And so it's odd to be like, that's not the way I would have done this video game thing. Hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I still think this is a company full of geniuses. But what you, something feels off. Feels kind of icky to talk about. I, I don't like being negative about it, but it, it's it's perplexing. It is funny to think that everyone who worked on Stadia got through one of those horrible Google interviews. You know what I mean? Google's notorious for having this yeah. ugly re- like interview process where it's just like, how many ping pong balls are in the in this in the in the bus? And you're like, well, okay, here's how many ping pong balls are in the bus. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, now balance on that ball for 15 minutes. You know what I mean? So it's like, it is funny to think that everyone who worked on Stadia went through a Google interview. But that process makes Stadia make a lot more sense. Yeah, <laughs> it almost does in a weird way. Like. In We're way, not simple thinkers here. Right. It's, it's like, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> right. Like, Stadia is is the product of, like, somebody who correctly guessed how many ping pong balls are in the box, and that's yeah. not useful to anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are we ready for some emails? Oh, heck yeah. Kyle, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> Brian asks, how many ping pong balls are in there? All right, our first email comes in from Mirko, who says, Hello, allies. As you all know, some video games have different titles in different parts of the world, so today we're making the allies the heads of the video game naming committee. Ooh. You have one job. Decide on what shall be the one and only way to name that game. Oh, this is fun. Whether it's because it sounds catchier from a marketing standpoint or if it describes the vibe of the game better, these are the games presented to the committee today. Do we keep calling it Resident Evil, oh, or do we go to no, Biohazard? Biohazard? Biohazard's way better. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah, Resident Evil fit the first game, and then yeah. we're done. We've never gone into a house later. <laughs> you know, like, we're all, they constantly move around. By the time we got to five, it's like, what, what's Resident about this? Yeah, because you, you think about the whole premise of Resident Evil, bio, like, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, cool. yeah. yes, yes. Uh, it was interesting when I did the retro back at GT. I was like, oh, this is a game about horror. And then I'm like, well, yeah, this is a game about monsters. This is a game about big ass monsters. This yeah. game is about Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Like that is, you know, the plot of all of these. Militarized horror. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Biohazards. Yes. Yep. Uh dubs. Fahrenheit or Indigo Prophecy. I gotta say, there's not a lot of investment for me with this franchise. I don't know what either of those games mean in the context. I know this the game. I, this but... is early cage. Yes. So I I played through Indigo Prophecy uh, around the time it came out, and I really liked it except for the atrocious end. Um, let's go Fahrenheit. Well, the, the, what you you know, what I think when I think of Fahrenheit, the book, you know, sure. so it, it, like it's always a bad idea when you know three syllables Good in. Point. I'm I'm wondering if you mean the other thing. Good point. Counter. When I think about David Cage, mm-hmm. a title like Indigo Prophecy sort of fits. Yeah, there's a fluffiness to it that I think prepares you for it's the right name it's not a good name but it's the right name also you toss a game my way that uh focuses on story with the word prophecy in the title and i don't know it, I, I get i get pumped a little bit are we going with any of prophecy? we are i like that yeah fatal frame or project zero fatal frame fatal frame i agree yep I, 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 i'm a sucker for alliteration brandon this is gonna fall on you i feel like bully or canis canum edit oh my goodness bully yeah come on yeah. come on because 
and I might have just played Bully recently, but um, that game is about, you know, when I first before I played it, I was like, oh, it's about this bully. And then I played it, and it's like, oh, it's about bullies. Nice. And who's, who bully, you know, who watches the Watchmen, who bullies the bullies? Like, what does that mean, you know, to, you know, different types of bullies and different ways to bully? A principal can be a bully. Um, Ratchet and Clank 2 locked and loaded or Ratchet and Clank 2 up your arsenal? Afraid we got to go with the pun in this instance. Locked yeah. and loaded is way too generic. Yeah. 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 We'll take it. We'll take up your it's arsenal. Like a Mountain Dew flavor. Jet Set Radio or Jet Grind Radio? Oh, that's a tricky one. And Grind wins for me. Sure. Uh, it gives me a better indication of what I'll be doing in the game. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I do agree with that. However, I feel like Jet Set Radio just rolls off the tongue better. Oh, it does. And I like that a lot. Sure. It's like Red Dead Redemption. Brandon, what do you think? I like Grind. Okay. We'll go with Grind. Crackdown or Riot Act? Wow, this is like the first one I did not know. I did not know it was ever called Riot Act in any other country. Yeah, yeah. I think this is the first time I've seen Riot Act as well, and it sounds pretty cool. Do you want to go with it? But I think Crackdown is good. It's right. Yeah. Crackdown's right. Okay. It's rare you get those two syllables. It's like, oh, I know exactly what that one franchise is. Crackdown, that's nice. That's Riot nice. Act sounds serious. I, Riot, Riot Act sounds like somebody's uncle died and forced them into the, some sort of rebellion against a crackdown. It's like, no, you're a, you're a cop who jumps around. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have pretty strong opinions about the next two. Okay. Mother or Earthbound? I don't know what mother means. Mother. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, Earthbound doesn't necessarily mean that much more to me, I don't, but I don't like think, I've seen. I don't think Earthbound. I think Mother is is a cleaner, simpler, more concise title. Earthbound is a really cool title for this game where we're trying to get home. We're we're, sure. we're astronauts trying to get home. Mm-hmm. I, I'll give you Mother, and also it's kind I of really like, like Mother. It's like let's set it right in a way that's like let's stop calling it Dragon Warrior. You know? Hey, our very next one. Oh, okay. So we're going with <laughs> we're going Mother. Yeah. Okay. Very next one, or no? I'm sorry. We'll we'll switch the order of these. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior? Dragon Quest. Yeah, we gotta do Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest. Let's make right. it right. Yeah. The Evil Within or Psycho Break? Psycho Break. Psycho Break. <laughs> Psycho Break. <laughs> Psycho Break. Brandon. I almost think sure the, if the franchise would have had like five percent more success if it was called Psycho Break. Sure. It's like Crackdown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. Psycho Break. I mean the, the the only yeah, the only thing that the the, the reason that, that that story is terrifying in both of them is the feeling of entrapment. The feeling of uh, reminds me of um, hello, blah. What is the uh, with Leo? Yeah, yeah, where you? When's he gonna get out? When's he gonna get out? You know, um, and am I still in it? You know, like what are the boundaries of this world? Like that's creepy. It's it's stuck. It's creepy to be trapped in a dream. It's scary, uh, and. Um, but I guess Psycho Break, you know, it's kind of going mad at the same time. I think I think Psycho Break, just just the the verbiage there is that's just like more aggressive and attention grabbing. I feel like Evil Within is is just more generic and flat. Yeah, to sure. Me. Just just in just doesn't strike me, Jones. On the right. page, two to one, I'll take it. Bare Knuckle or Streets of Rage? <sighs> okay, I've thought about this. I like Bare Knuckle. Hmm? Yeah, I like Bare Knuckle too. You were being sensed. 
But I feel or like not. multiple Streets of Rage characters wear gloves. So they're not bare knuckles. I, I was curious of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what, so what, what, what's the qualification? Yeah. Do they so, punch enough that the yeah. gloves wear? Maybe I feel like a they're, bit? they're gloved characters. And so bare, bare knuckle. Not fair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is the one that we're, yeah. <laughs> that we're no, it's holding fair. to. It's fair. <laughs> the context okay. of the actual world. You're right. You're right, Brandon. But also, my even right. an argument fell flat, and Bare Knuckle was like, nah, nah. With Streets of Rage, I like that we're mostly going to be playing on streets. That are full of rage. Yeah. It does, yeah. It mostly is street levels. Yeah, I think that's cool. I do think, again, going with the Jet Set Radio, Jack Ryan Radio thing, Bare Knuckle just sounds really good. Yeah. It does. This has been a very informative game. I'm, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I think fantastic. I might be willing to concede Bare Knuckle. If we want to do it. I like Streets of Rage. I think okay. we got to go with Streets of Rage. Uh, there's a bonus here. We're, we're absolutely doing it. This is a great game. Uh, Sega Mega Drive or Genesis? Mega Drive, get out of here. It's a Genesis. I know people are very proud of Mega Drive. They think it's definitely a better title. Genesis is a way better title. Yeah. It really is. I kind of like Mega Drive. I can I mean, one of the things that I like too is your uh, Jet Set Radio. The Sega Genesis is just like a, it's a rainbow. It's just such a fun, phonetic. Yeah. It's biblical. I, I, I get a lot of energy <laughs> from it, man. I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yes, but I think I think about the whole like marketing of the Genesis mm-hmm. and Mega makes sense with the vibe of the Genesis, where it's trying to be the cool kid. It's trying to talk about its attitude. And Genesis doesn't convey that that vibe to me as strongly. Oh, man. I, the vibe I get from Mega Drive is that, you know how you get like knockoffs of consoles that have weird names? Yeah. Mega Drive sounds like a knockoff Super Nintendo. Mm. It sounds like you would get something, oh, it kind of looks like a Super Nintendo, but yes. it's called a Mega Drive. Just, this is the start of something, man. This is this is just this, the beginning. This is, man. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like what you just did there. Yes, like, oof. Honestly, Sega did a lot of good names for consoles. And yeah. Genesis is. And also, it's, it that, falls, yeah. Genesis falls in line with Saturn, falls in line with Dreamcast. Like, they all kind of have a. N- not that those words are similar, but they all have a. So, I, I love the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. I do. And I, I, but I think the Dreamcast as a name is like a wonderfully bad name. I yeah. do not think it is a good name. Mm-hmm. I love it for that. Yeah. But I don't think it's good. Mm hmm. Like I don't. It's, it's like a Randy Quaid movie you didn't know it happened. Like, like <laughs> you know, he was in what? GameCube yeah, is Danny a Glover's terrible. It. It's a weird movie. <laughs> GameCube is a terrible name. Yeah, yeah. GameCube's it's bad. It's so bad. It's a little too literal. Honestly, yeah. PlayStation is bad. <laughs> like PlayStation is bad. Yeah. Interactive box. Yeah. All right. Great game. One word. Uh, capital S. I'll I'll give you Genesis. Okay. I think Thank I'm gonna you. I'm mm. think I'm gonna go on. I think I'm gonna side with Mega Drive, but. Next question comes in from Tyler. Hey, Ben and Allies. Terry Bogard's inclusion into Smash has got me thinking about what has made Smash so successful over the years. I feel like for years everyone thought it has just been the recognizable characters that leads to its widespread appeal. Terry Bogard's inclusion bucks this trend. I think it's safe to say that not many people knew of Terry before Smash. It was certainly the case for me. Yeah. But people have been overall very receptive to Terry. I think this is because of Sakurai's showcase video of Terry. His passion and love and knowledge of SNK uh, was very apparent and infectious. It's hard for other fighting games to learn from Smash because it's not like they have Nintendo IP, although Mario appearing in other fighting games would be sick. But do you think Sakurai's video is something other fighting games could learn from? 
Passion is something any developer can show, but it might be hard to get across to your audience. I don't mean to say fighting game devs don't have any passion for their games, but it's rare you ever see it. Do you think other games, fighting games or otherwise, come to mind that were sold off of passion by the developers? I think any games could get this across more effectively, but I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Thank you for all that you do. Lots of questions there. So, I I feel two ways on this. One, that video is great. This is Sakurai John's... Right, 45 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. Holding two controllers, showing you everything that's great about this character. Uh, not as many... There are more people who love Terry in Smash than there are who watch that video. Uh, the video is... The popularity of Terry, I wouldn't say, is just because of the video. It's because of that passion. It's because of the hard work that went into this character. Uh, it's because of his implementation. It's because he's a great character uh, yes. at its, its core's core. But Sakurai is a single human who people, they can't match. They cannot match his passion. His passion is his superpower. His his dedication is his superpower. And so many people should and could learn from this, uh, but it's it's impossible to replicate. It's impossible to, for anyone else to do as good of a job as creating Terry into Smash Bros. Uh, than Sakurai leading this project can. Um, so I agree, uh, but I, I think it is important to bring up that... So I think Sakurai is is a genius. Yeah. I do. I think he, I think he is he is a a gift to video games undoubtedly. I think he has proven that time and time again. Like I I don't care what you think about Smash. I think Sakurai is great. However, Sakurai has also had the benefit through his own efforts, make no mistake, mm -hmm. of building up a prestige and a legacy and you know <laughs> You can't just be a a, a, a a fighting game that isn't working with Nintendo that doesn't hasn't had the 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 prestige built up and just come out there and have the same presence as Sakurai. You, you can't just do that instantly. That just doesn't happen. You're you're trying, I think, to compare something that has gestated for decades versus something new that may just be starting up. Yeah, this is weird to talk about, Ben. So like when Melee's out, yeah. I have no idea who Sakurai is. Right. Right, and, and so but like you know who Mario is. Yeah, but like so, I think. But we talk about his notoriety. Mm -hmm. I think it's forming. I, I think it's even greater than it was during Super Smash Bros. for Wii U, Super Smash Bros. for 3DS. Yes, but but it is a, it is a combination of those things, right? It is yeah. a combination of Nintendo characters coming together and his own reputation building up over time. Obviously, he's doing a great job with that. But I'm saying like, Arc System Works has has a greater challenge with soul bad guy and that recognizability right yeah uh the, it's it's a it's a different thing but i don't think that necessarily means that like there is so much passion out there you are you telling me yoshinori ono is not passionate he's not as passionate as sakurai i will tell you that but i do think ben we're talking about soul bad guy this is i think the, the learnable moment yes is like you watch your videos they suck your videos are not as good as sakurai's video you're trying you're to saying there's something to you're yes. trying to explain your new mechanics of your characters you're doing a bad job because it's not as good as sakurai's he does the best job he puts on this 45 minute video it is too long absolutely but just look at his presentational style his skill the way he communicates things the way he edits things these videos are best in class and other video game fighting game creators yeah they need to like take notice and try at least to emulate it well there is because there's a difference there right yeah. like 
I feel like a lot of trailers for everything, but if you look at fighting game character review trailers, they're they're kind of a lot of the same thing where it's mm-hmm. like, oh man, this character is a badass. Here's a montage of them doing cool things. It's going to end with a super. Yes, yep. exactly. And it's not like that isn't cool or exciting. It is. But you look at Sakurai, and I say this with the utmost love in the world. It's just a nerd in a room being passionate about something that's awesome. There's there's kind of this like nakedness to it where it, it has kind of that mix of like authentic and open, but there's also, like, it's a great presentation. Mm -hmm. Like, it's compelling and it's interesting to listen to, and it's clearly, like, they put thought into it. And so it's kind of both things. It's not just somebody, like, getting on a stream and rambling. It's not quite that, but it's also not, like, a one-minute trailer that you feel like you've seen a hundred times before. Uh, I think it it is worthy uh, shouting out... uh whoever is in charge of the localization of even Sakurai's marketing, mm. right? Like maybe the, uh, there was like a, a little hubbub about just like, well, he didn't say the good boys and girls. He was something else. It was about the Sarah rating. Like, you know, the, those things pop up. But a great deal of his, person, his personality comes across in his presentations that is really hard to do across languages. Uh, and so I do want to uh, 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 applaud whoever is responsible for those as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, those are great. Like I... I these videos are really, really good. I do feel communicated to in the most clear and fun and entertaining way. Um, and like that is something that's hard to buy, but worth investing in, I think. If we talk about like Guilty Gear, yeah. if you could find someone who can translate as well as that, you know, localize as well as that. Uh, so when those people are talking to us about the new mechanics of the Guilty Gear game, but, those, they come across, you know. But you have to value those people. You have to recognize their, their strength and utilize them in a way that capitalizes on their talents. Like I think of like Tak Fuji mm-hmm. and and what an incredible force that he was, but it felt like Konami just kind of like shuffled him into a corner and it didn't didn't recognize like how infectiously fun that man was to watch. Yeah. A more relevant example is I feel like there are people that have worked with Capcom in the fighting game division who I, I don't feel like were given the proper resources or space to shine in a way that maybe they could have. Yeah. I think Seth Killian is a good example. I think Mike Ross, you know, hosting Capcom Pro Talk, the way that he talks about it now is they were like, hey, this has no value to us. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? This has so much value. Yeah. You have no idea. You're just not utilizing it in the right way. Whereas I think tying this back into the Smash presentation, they are using Sakurai in the right way. Yeah. They are valuing him. Mm-hmm. It's also a bit unfair because there's no franchise like Smash Brothers. You know, it's yeah, I, it's I, something I that's true. built on the strength of other things. And for someone that, when you know Simon Belmont was announced, I was like, here we go. And actually, in that trailer, there were moments where I was like, well, rewind it 15 seconds. I just there's so much information. I just blurred out and like these are games I know, characters I know, abilities I know, weapons I know, you know, bosses I know, environments that I know. Where some Terry comes along and I know I know that like, oh, I don't know anything about this, but I know it's going to be done with the same amount of love and care as Castlevania was. And so here's not only something that I can appreciate just, you know, uh, from a visual standpoint, but it's going to be a fun opportunity to celebrate King of Fighters, you know, to learn more about this franchise as a whole, yeah. you know, and, and to go in and enjoy this. And yeah, I didn't just play a King of Fighters game, but like I did learn like a little bit more 
Uh, it's kind of like you think about something like Marvel vs. Capcom. You can put Spider-Man in that game, but when you think about something like Smash Brothers, you have Mary Jane, you have Aunt May, you have his apartment, you have New York, you have the Daily Bugle. You have it. It just never stops. You just keep having these things, and it's not all done on the same level. He'll still surprise you with things, and so it's 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 really fun to play a game like that and not just think, you know, I want my own favorite things to be in it all the time and then when something I'm not interested in is in it I'm tuned out I was watching that Persona trailer having only played 10% of Persona 5 my jaw was on the floor like oh my god like that yellow and black stage looks sick <laughs> you know and just like I, you know I'm just not as connected to it as other people but I, I get it I, I see why this will resonate with other people it's kind of like when you're with a friend and they play a you know an, a, a band you you don't like but you like your friend and so yeah okay I, I for just a, a, a fleeting moment I get it you know, I understand why you like this thing, even though I, I'm not going to go home and listen to it myself, but I enjoy it when I'm around you. And, and that's Smash Brothers for me. But so you you saying like Smash Brothers, just just in terms of like recognizability and as a brand and what it gets to work with is in a different league. I completely agree with that. But I think that is exactly part of the problem is expectation. Like you have to scale these announcements and these things in a way that makes sense for each individual game and let them grow by utilizing the things that you already have. Like, the FGC is amazing. It is amazing. Some of the, the, the most charismatic, passionate, and knowledgeable people in video games are in the FGC. And I just don't feel like sometimes that is being recognized in the way that it should. Like, the resources are already there. You don't have to, like find this unknown thing out there that is like unidentifiable like there's so much going on that I think could just be utilized better like there are people who are dedicating their lives to this stuff in a way that I think they could make your game more exciting if like you could just work with them in a way that made sense and you could you could listen to what they wanted out of these games in a way that makes sense like that that community is there um I think you know, he reminds me of in a weird way, because you said he was a genius. You said very nice things about him. Kind of reminds me of Walt Disney uh, in that he's borrowing properties. You know, he's taking things. He didn't write Pinocchio. He didn't write Cinderella. He didn't write Snow White. He's, he's taking these properties. He's packaging them in a way and, and telling them to a brand new audience. And you have something like Mulan, which I'm very actually excited to see the new live action version because they're actually going back and telling the story of Mulan. And through that process, I was like, oh, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know about this legend and all this other stuff. It's like, oh, no, Mushu's not going to be in it. And like, Mushu's not going to be in it. It's like, no, we're going to tell the story. We're actually going to tell like what happened. Um, <laughs> and so he under, you know, uh, Disney understood that there is a lot more to these characters. There's a lot more to these stories. There's a lot more depth and nuance. A lot of this stuff is actually originally intended for a much more mature audience than I'm presenting it to. And all of that stuff is still there. You can be inspired and still go seek out those things if you want to learn more about these properties. It's also just a fun hour and 10 minute movie if you want that. Mm -hmm. So I can play as Terry. I can play as Joker. I can play as some of these, even like Banjo-Kazooie, having only played the first Banjo-Kazooie and still be like, ah, that was just great. That was so much fun. Um, I'm curious to learn more, but you know, it's just not, not in my wheelhouse, not in my experience level. And he just, like I was saying, just through his excitement, it's amazing that he can have the same measured, uh, uh, present the same measured appeal for all of these properties. And then he's never made an announcement where I'm like, oh, this is clearly the one he really likes. It doesn't seem like he has his favorite children. You know, he yeah. just, he always brings the same level of enthusiasm. Yeah. But I mean. I, I think a huge part of of that appeal is is 
like him speaking so passionately about the legacy of this thing, I think there are other things that if given just a little bit of time and attention in that way could really shine. Like Guilty Gear has an incredible legacy and it has absolutely awesome character. Like you don't need to know anything about the games or the mechanics to appreciate like how fun that world and the vibe of Guilty Gear is. And I think you could present that in a way that makes it exciting and very understandable to people. And like you could make them want to be a part of it and, and take that dive. And like I think about like uh, Tekken, right? And how how goofy it is and how much fun it is seeing some of those character endings. Sometimes I feel like now maybe especially maybe some people don't know about that stuff. Maybe maybe that would be appealing to more people if you could present it that way. And I think just showing different sides of your game or or the legacy or tying it all together um, in a way like a good example is when you have fighting game series that go on for a long time, I think a lot of people are like, wait, what's happening in the story again? Mm -hmm. And like a lot of games do a really bad job of catching you up. Yeah. Like things happen that are just a continuation. You're like, wait, what? How did this character get here? Where do they come from? What's going on? What was affecting that person? And so I think even just like summarizing the stories better could maybe get, people on board in a way that would be effective. It's interesting you brought up Tekken because I was trying to think like, what's a franchise that I, I'm just like tuned out of for all the wrong reasons? And every time I see a new Tekken trailer, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I missed the first five seasons of this television right. show, clearly. Right, right, right. There's clearly set two characters see each other. You know, and I'm like, oh, sure, I feel that there's intensity here, but I don't, right. I don't know what's going on, you know? Right. And you don't always know what's going on, but Mortal Kombat, I... I just care a little bit. I'm just a little more curious about what well, what happened to Liu Kang. Like, you know, like I yeah. It's it's um it sucks because uh it's like you were saying with the FGC. Like you, you cannot fake it. You can't fake the fandom. You can't fake sport. You know, shout casting. You can't fake. You know, uh, certainly can't fake playing these games. Like this requires such a demanding uh, right. level of skill. <laughs> right. Um. And but it in a way you still have to um. Not to not to not to bring this into other crazy, you know. I, I will say this just very briefly. It's a little bit like politics. You can have a really great platform, but if it's not entertaining, I'm not interested. You know, like if you're if it doesn't speak to me, if you're not taking something that I might not be thinking about and bringing it into an, an arena or presenting it in a way that makes sense and is attractive to me to even just begin the lesson, um, then. I'm not going to want to be preached at, you know, or I'm not going to want to be like, no, 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 just give me five minutes. Like you got 30 seconds, go, you know? And then you're like, oh, well, it, uh, this happened to this guy and then his dad, oh, never mind. You know, it's like, I'll, I'll just, I'll make the, I'll make the, 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 the sequel for the fans and then they'll support us. Well, you, you mentioned Mortal Kombat and like one of the best things that Mortal Kombat did is the way that it handled its reboot because it, it honored the story that it was telling before, but it was also a great point to get everybody on the same page. And so it's like, you think about Mortal Kombat 11, it's like, well, I really only need to, I don't need to know everything that happened in Mortal Kombat. I just need to know what happened in Mortal Kombat 9, Mortal Kombat X, and Mortal Kombat, like, I'm good. Like, it, there's the, they've, they've did a smart way of kind of catching you up to speed, I think. Um, and obviously the way that they present that story, it's not like you have a cutscene at the beginning, you do 10 fights and then you have a cutscene at the end. And then by the time you're watching the ending cutscene, you're like, wait, what happened at the beginning? It's, it's, you know, a, yeah. a consistent cinematic story throughout the whole thing. But, uh, and I think if you know, 
2% of the characters that get wiped out at the beginning of Smash Brothers Ultimate, that's still a heck of a cutscene. You know, it's still yeah. a very powerful draw. I'm like, if you've never seen Kirby in your life, you're like, who's this pink guy that just like coasted through all of that craziness? You know, that, that bird guy got wiped out, those three robots got wiped out. Like, what's going on? Um, Kyle, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, sometime in the future, we're staring at a dark room mm-hmm. stage, in fact. Yeah. And someone gets up and they say, Street Fighter Six. Yeah. How would you want them to present that? What would you what do you, what do you think would be based on everything that we've talked about, presentation and passion and people and getting people on board, what would you see that would be personally enticing to you? So I think Street Fighter Six is by the way, I wanted to apologize to Yoshinori Ono, who like worked himself sick. Uh he's just like, you know, just want to make it clear, Sakurai's on the on the passion tiers, top tier, like nobody's close. Um okay, so Ben, I think it's you can't low key announce Street Fighter Six. I think the franchise is too big for that. I think it's too big for like an honest like, hey, and here's what we're working on, and we really want Street Fighter Six to be something. We've been working on like Street Fighter Six is the trailer where the title's not until the end. Like you, you want to be surprised that this is Street Fighter Six at the end. Um, visually, this looks exciting. Uh, uh, we see more than just Ryu and Ken fight. Like this is a this is a trailer that has an impact, uh, not just. Uh, story-wise but just like visually i've never seen a punch look like that i've never seen like i've never seen the hit of a punch look like it has an impact on a human being like that it's something it's just like the this trailer i've never seen anything like this and then street fighter 6 it ends with and john's please yeah street fighter needs a thanos this this is actually kind of related to what i was going to bring up okay you don't know it's Street Fighter. First of all, can Street Fighter not be spoiled? Like, is, this is the most leaked franchise I've You're ever right. seen in my entire life. So You're there's right. that. Yeah. You know, you it's gotta make this... It's pretty you, leaky. You gotta... Yeah. But I mean... But Pokemon leaks after the announcement. This is you know, fun. like, once once we know what the next Pokemon... Once we know the game exists, then they go after it. Yeah. But it's like, almost before it's, something's announced, it just... I feel, I feel bad for Street Fighter. Um, I need to see all of the characters that I know and love getting just whooped. Like, I need to see, you know, Blanca's hand fall, like, unconscious. I need to see Ryu's headband, like, bloodied, like, in the like in a puddle. You know, like, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I need to see that airfield that Guile fights on in flames. You know, like, I need you, I need Capcom to address. This franchise is in trouble. Yeah. That's what this game is about. This game is about all of these characters fighting to get back and regain control of their world. Do you know what you made me realize, Jones? And this is psychotic. Pokemon Sword and Shield would have been fine if all those Pokemon just got snapped. <laughs> if there was an evil power that made all of the Pokemon who had to get out of the game go away, yeah. it would have been fine. There would have or, been stakes. No, like, we would or have it's, cared. It's the UK. They just yeah. don't want them. Yeah. No, the oh. UK is like snobbish. Oh They're just God. like, oh, sorry. Gen 2? No, no, no. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, you're so right. Like, psychotic is the perfect way to yeah. describe that. But yeah. And people would be furious. Yes. But imagine, imagine like... <laughs> The, the villain of your Pokemon game. Yeah. You you get to the end and he like deletes like half of the Pokemon that yeah. you collected. You would be furious, but you would be emotional in a way and you'd like want to talk to people about it. Yes. It would be fucking ballsy. <laughs> right. That's what we need. But Joe, everyone needs a Thanos. You see like a picture of Croconon. You point at it. You're like, Croconon. Everyone's like, what? He's gone. You're like, Cro- Croconon. 
I've never what heard of that. What are you about? talking what? about? <laughs> and there's like, it's me, Excelvius. <laughs> I deleted Krakena. And like, yeah, I'd be so in. I got to fight Excelvius. Excelvius, box Jones, Jones, to counter what you were saying, though, about Street Fighter, uh, and I want to get your thoughts on this. So Street Fighter 3 initially received a ton of backlash for including so many new characters and so few returning characters. And they actually added more familiar faces over time. Uh, but that was that was a big point of contention uh, with Street Fighter 3 specifically. And, and over time, that game has only grown in, in reverence and all of that stuff. But I'm just saying, like, I can see that spooking somebody and being like, well, no, we have to have, you know, this number of Street Fighter 2 characters. Uh what, what do you say to that when people are like, well, we do it this way because that's what people demand? I think you can have it both ways. I think just because you're bringing these characters back. Again, I'm the, the, the amount of characters you put in a fighting game is lost on me. I have no idea how hard that is to develop, especially when you're, you're making new visual style, updating moves. And um, uh, that's, yeah, that's just a whole world that I'm unfamiliar with. As unfamiliar with, as unfamiliar I am in general with gaming development. Um, but I think, again, that's why I think there should just be, you can have a couple new characters, but I think there should be one central, because that was attractive to me about the new Mortal Kombat. Like, I'm, I'm not caught up on this, but this idea about the, the time manipulation, you know, and how that's affecting and bringing these two worlds together. It's like, cool. There's just one trailer that in 10 seconds told me the entire plot. And I was like, I got it. Great. Yeah. Neat. Well, yeah. Fun. Old I, like, Scorpion. Yeah. I boy, I'm yeah. kind of curious to check that out. Like yeah. that, you know. Because maybe this would kind of bring me back up to speed on this story. Maybe it's maybe it's not only cool that I missed a couple games, but actually, like, I, I get to experience this in a way that maybe fans don't, you know, kind of jumping in now. And so if, like, you know, they're like, come on, Cammy," And Cammy's like, no, no. I'm in the game, but I'm not playable because screw you guys, I'm out. You know, like, we, oh, you know, like, you have context for why they're not there. Like, you have, I don't know. I think it would be interesting. Brandon, when I saw... In Mortal Kombat 11, young Johnny Cage and old Johnny Cage yeah. interacting, it was like, I got to see that. Yeah. Fighting game stories don't have that enough. It, yeah. Like, it, you don't have the, I got to see that moment. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to do it for Brain Trap. Thank you so much to my panel of Kyle Bossman and Brandon Jones for, mm. for your, your passion, your considered opinions. Thank you all so much for watching. If you would like to send an email to this show, email askeasyallies at gmail.com. Once again, the email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Until next time.